It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Rundown Wrestling Network is proud to partner with Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink that is made to give you focus with no crash, jitters, or angst like other energy drinks. Dubby is made in the USA, contains zero sugar, zero filler, zero artificial colors or dyes, and zero gluten. There are no secret ingredients and no special formulas, so you know exactly what you're putting in your body. All of Dubby's flavors are custom-made in-house, so you won't find them anywhere else. And with how much drink mix you get per tub, it works out to a dollar per serving or less. That's cheaper than your favorite coffee shop or canned energy drink. So try Dubby today. Click the link in the episode description or point your browser to dubby.gg and use our code RUNDOWNWRESTLING, all caps, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G, promo code RUNDOWNWRESTLING, all caps, all one word, to save 10%. Try it out with a starter pack or dive straight in, get a full tub. Get yourself a shaker, get some stickers, get some apparel. Get it all at dubby.gg with promo code RUNDOWNWRESTLING for 10% off. That's dubby.gg, promo code RUNDOWNWRESTLING. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is Taz. You are listening to the Rundown Wrestling Network. I think I'm on this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is... Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, alright? Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. And I'm here. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time, same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. So you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. My name is Adam. I'm your host. Joining me this week, Sal's here. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Adam? How you doing, man? Good. Good. Yeah. You watch Street Fighter the movie lately? Not recently. <laughs> Might have to now, though. Uh you know, a long, long pre-show discussion about Street Fighter the movie and how amazing it is. Uh, speaking of which, joining us as well this week, we talk on Wednesday nights, Michael. Troy is here. What's up, pal? I wish I was dead. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I, I am uh, back for this week. 
which uh, I was hoping that uh, this season wouldn't be as crazy as Jason always makes it out to be, but I was wrong. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wound up getting getting the day off today. So not off not off of work, of course, but off of practice or anything like that. So yes, Jason is busy doing sports things, as Jason is uh, want to do. Eleven and a half months out of the year, so not able to join us this week. But uh, we got a three-man booth. We'll run with it. We'll do. We'll have a. We'll have a good old time. So normally, uh, Jason will tell you how how amazing Jackson is, and he is. Um, the only thing I can tell you is that my daughter's team is the only undefeated team in the yeah. league right now. So, um, ooh, ooh. how much she contributes to that is negatable, but you know <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> that's not, not as important. No, what's important is the fact that she's doing it, um, and we obviously support her every step of the way and every day, and. Uh, it's not something that, if if you would have told me four years ago that she would want to do, I would have laughed in your face and been like, yeah, she does not go do that stuff. So the fact that she's doing it is great. So, and uh, it's fun. It's fun to watch them. It's fun to get, get involved with the girls. We have um, a, a couple of different uh, different players on the team that are, like, uh, really fucking good and, and really talented and, and Starting to learn who those people are is kind of funny. <laughs> be like, oh yeah, so we have a, a one one lady that is uh, destined to be uh, a skyscraper, and <laughs> she yeah, uh, she's like our fucking power hitter. And so every time it comes up, it's just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> let's let's get a homework. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it a lot. We had a kid like that in my junior high basketball team, and he's literally the only reason why we made it to the tournament that year. <laughs> because he was, like, yeah. six foot one, and he was, like, 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the coach that we have is a really cool guy. Um, and he, uh, he understands uh, using a little bit of tactics. Obviously, you know, you have to use all the girls, you know. Um, but he's he's pretty good about where he's putting them. And then uh, we have one... We have one girl who is just a phenomenal pitcher. And again, in case people don't know, I'm talking about 10-year-olds. So none of them are fucking MLB ready or anything like that. But yeah, we have one girl where it's just like all of a sudden now she comes in on the last inning every time just to shut down the other team's attempt to make it a comeback. So uh, That's cool, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, My daughter has, has gotten hit, you know, and she has um, sadly got on base by getting hit by a pitch. Um <laughs> But she has, (laughs) but you know, she got driven home, so that's all that counts. Yeah. I mean, as Adam mentioned a couple weeks ago, we would hope you wouldn't leave her at the field. (laughs) (laughs) So I know Troy that you're always one to tell us about stuff that you watched, but um, my my lucky, you know, spin of the wheel that this semester I am taking a film study class. And it's been really good. And I wish I could just take that class. But um, I watched a a Christopher Nolan movie that I had not watched. It it must have slipped under the radar for me. It was called Interstellar. Mm. Uh It was a fucking crazy movie, (laughs) as he is one to do. But it was good. It was fucking good. Nice. Have you seen uh, the previous for his, his new movie? Oh, yeah. That looks really good too. So, um, 
obviously, uh, Cillian Murphy is in every Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, and he's great. He's a great actor. But, uh, it's Oppenheimer, which is the, the grandfather of the atomic bomb. So the entire movie's about, is going to be about that. And I have, I have enough knowledge of it to know that the people that are cast in that movie look nothing like the actual people. Wow. Uh, not even try. <laughs> no, like, at least, at least some movies, they try to get people to look like the character, like the actual people, or they'll do like prosthetics over that. This is clearly like, there's no way that Oppenheimer would ever be like, uh, Cillian Murphy would never, you'd never look at the two next to each other and be like, oh, you guys look a lot like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be lots. Plus, I, I'm a big, big fan of uh, practical effects, and apparently all of the nuclear explosions, and not actual nuclear explosions, but they are explosions. He was like, I'm not using CGI, so I got to him for that. Except for the He's fact that been, he didn't, um... didn't always tell the extras that that was happening. There was a couple of videos of them like, being like, oh my god! <laughs> nice. Yeah, Just he's been that. at the forefront of of not using CGI and, and wanting to use natural effects and, and making things more simpler. And But he does his movies in a way that it, it, it doesn't even miss a beat. It it's so it like engrosses you <laughs> to the point where like you have no idea. Like you know, Adam had mentioned a couple weeks ago Memento, and I think that's the movie we're watching next week. Can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you watch. Hope you're watching it more than once. Yeah. You watch Interstellar, the cornfield that they drive through. Mm. Motherfucker planted the corn. No, he did, didn't he fucking really. Yeah. Yes. So he he bought he he paid money to buy corn, planted that entire fucking cornfield so that it was not CJ or anything of that. And then after the movie was done, they wound up selling it for a profit. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's the kind of thing where it's like, like you know, it'd be a lot cheaper if we just did some fucking CGI corn. He's like, no, fuck that. We're making real corn, motherfucker. We're doing it for real. Right. And the only, and obviously the only reason he couldn't just use like an actual cornfield out there is because they fucking drive through it and destroy all the stocks. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to so, say, because they set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, so they do a lot of things to it that uh, probably not be great for whatever farmer is. They're like, my crops. <laughs> <laughs> you t- you're talking about the, the people in the movie not looking at all like the people that they're... Uh, they're playing in real life. Mm-hmm. Just reminded me of the thing where they asked Fauci who would play him in a movie, and he said Brad Pitt. And then they did that SNL sketch where Brad Pitt played Dr. Fauci, just as <laughs> yep. Brad Pitt playing Dr. Fauci. Oh my yeah. god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing where you're just like, <clears throat> you're like, okay, well, hopefully it's like good acting because they, they clearly were not choos- chosen because of their resemblance to him. And like I've, I've watched enough of those movies where it's like, fucking. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman looks like fucking Truman Capote, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, clearly he was cast because of his appearance, but also because he's a good actor. Yeah. But I was dead. Did you ever see the um the biopic of uh, Joe Paterno with Al Pacino playing him? No. They made him look like him. Like really, really made yeah. him look like him. Yeah. I don't watch too many. Um, biopics just because so many of those are fucking Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. And are, you know, like, uh, uh, like the fucking blind side where it's like Michael already again when he's just like, yeah, none of that shit's real. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's completely <laughs> made up thing. But because it's a real person, of course, it's going to win a bunch of awards. Did you watch, so, um, Bohemian Rhapsody? 
but Ron I, I have not yet. I, uh, my favorite, I really enjoyed his performance. I thought he did really amazing. My favorite story of that was uh, people that went to like the that were extras in the crowd were complaining of the fact that he was lip syncing. It's like, yeah, because it's a fucking movie. It's not, you're not paying for a festival. Like, I don't expect like, Rami. Yeah. I don't expect Rami Malek to be able to sing like Freddie Mercury. Right. Because I don't expect no. anybody to be able to sing like Freddie fucking Mercury. Exactly, and it's like he he sang. You just never hear him sing. You know, like he's saying so it looks like it's him singing. Right. But yeah, like they dubbed over that shit. <laughs> so. But no, I like Robbie Malik, even though he's probably a serial killer. Um, <laughs> that's if you ever watched, if you ever watched any interview with the interviews with him, he is a creepy motherfucker. Like he licks his lips all the time and like. Talks so is so is Quentin Tarantino. At least he blinks. That's true. Yeah, at least he. <laughs> yeah, Tarantino is another one of those guys too, where you're just like, if you're willing to talk about your foot fetish, what are you? What else are you hiding? Yeah, what are you hiding? Like, yeah. do you have people locked in your basement? Because I bet you do. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. If, like one of these days, we're going to hear that he stole Uma Thurman's foot or something like that. <laughs> this is my foot room. Oh, you got a room with good casts of all these famous people, right? Casts, yeah. Yeah, they're very lifelike looking. Definitely not their actual severed feet. That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's melting. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah, it's just, 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 it's not blood, it's just melting. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I mowed the lawn today. There's that. <laughs> what an old uh, person thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you went outside? Yeah. How, what is wrong with you? Don't you know there's pollution in the air coming down from Nova Scotia? Actually, funny story. That happens, right? And then I start watching um, Interstellar, and they're like, oh, put your mask on, pollution alert. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, um, shout out to the people living around the New York area and your guys' area because it's getting bad. And obviously, you know, for any of our Canadian listeners, too, that stuff is just not great. I and think I actually see. have a, an air quality list. You don't? No. Even even we do in Wisconsin. <laughs> I was going to say, even even friends of ours do in Pennsylvania. So it's literally half the East Coast. I think I'm like just north of it. Wow. Oh, you might just... Oh, wow, aren't you fucking lucky? Oh, man, yeah, we got the alerts, like, the past two days. Like, these big fucking, like, hey, uh, air quality's bad. Don't go outside. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like fucking Mad Max in New York right It now. does. It's all fucking orange. Oh, yeah. yeah. New York is the worst one. Um, well, New York is the worst anyway, so. Right. Uh, Boston, the actual Boston proper is pretty bad. It's not terrible here, but, like, everybody's saying, like, oh, I can feel it in my lungs. And I'm like, well... I smoked cigarettes for, like, 15 years, and now I still smoke weed, so um, my lungs don't feel that shit no more. Yeah, I have literally nothing. I have literally Air quality, 42. Air quality is is considered satisfactory, and air pollution poses little or no risk. Nice. Uh, I have an air quality alert until 8 p.m. The severity of the alert is unknown. 
That's, That's funny. nice. Because you're, you're only like, <laughs> what, like 45 minutes south of me? Yep. If that. Yep. So, uh, it's thanks, weird, El Nino, I assume. It's, it's so, no, El Nino. Remember in the 90s when they told us not to fucking pollute the air? Yeah. <laughs> we done really? fucked up the planet's weather. Oh, we, in completely. the 90s they told us not to eat eggs because they thought they were bad for us. <laughs> okay, whole, yes. A whole Lewis Black about that. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get everything right, but there were a couple things they warned us about. Hey, Adam, why don't you uh, bring the energy down? Uh, tell us what we lost today. Yeah, I was, I was gonna. I was gonna. <laughs> we were having such a good conversation about eggs. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I could just tell that Jason's sitting there going, shut the fuck up and move on. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. Today. Oh, she was gone for a while. <laughs> in, in so much as it doesn't exist. This is a, this is a, this is actually a tough one, just for for how enjoyable he he, he was on Twitter. I'm gonna miss it. Uh, we send our condolences to the friends and family of the Iron Sheik, who passed away today at the age of 81, which is uh, impressive for a for a wrestler from that era. But um, a hail and hearty. Fuck the Hulk Hogan to everyone out there. I was uh, in a very similar vein to like my recollection of Christopher Walken. I only know Iron Sheik as like the internet meme, yeah. and like I, I don't really know him from his wrestling. <clears throat> uh, and I, I use the Christopher Walken example because my first introduction to him was the Fat Boy Slim music video where he's mm-hmm. dancing around. Yep. So like I, you know, like that's just I don't I don't remember a time where he, where it was, he was taken seriously. So I saw a lot of the pictures of Iron Sheik and I'm just like, wait, that guy wasn't always like a big barrel chested dude. <laughs> like he was actually like incredibly ripped and mm-hmm. like young at some point in time. Yeah, that's, I only remember at some him point. At some point, yeah. I only remember him as the guy who constantly called Hulk Hogan a jabroni mark and told him to fuck himself. <laughs> so, he but yeah, that's a, was okay. legitimately in the Olympics mm-hmm. before his wrestling career. He, um, yeah, he was ripped at one point. Mm-hmm. It, that was part of his act early on in his career. He used to do like the Iranian clubs that weighed like 50 pounds each and like swing them around and stuff. Um, I've been privileged recently because I had listened to a podcast that covers all of like the old WWF programming from like 84. And, uh, I've been shout, privileged. Shout out to, to OVP. Hear, shout out to OVP. I've been privileged to hear some of the Iron Sheik's promos. And, oh God, my God, they're so fucking funny. He's so good. He's so fucking good. And he was good back then. Like, I even tell you the gene mean. Oh my God. He would get so mad and just like, but he wouldn't start the thing yelling. He would start normal and he would build up to the yelling and it just worked. Like he's underrated for a fucking promo. But yeah, it sucks. I didn't even know he was, I don't know if he was sick. I don't, I just yeah. heard that he passed. Yeah, so. no, it was a, definitely a surprise. Cause I hadn't heard anything about any health issues either. Just that, uh, just the, the, and I, I, I have alerts for him on Twitter cause his fucking, the fucking tweets were so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, all of a sudden today that was just a, a statement that was put out that he had uh, that he had passed. It's very uh, it's very sad. But um, yeah, if you if you have the chance to go back and watch uh, episodes of Superstars of Wrestling from 1984 and 1985, if you if you want to subject yourself to such things, know that there will be gold occasionally in the form of the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and their backstage interviews with Mean Gene and all of that because they are quite spectacular. Mm. Including including moments where for some for for no known reason Mean Gene just introduces him by his shoot name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll start the interview with Cosro Davari. Come on in here. Whatever it is. Vasari, but yes. Um, Cosro Vasari, come on in here. All the way from Iran. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Gene did that. <laughs> <It's> so <weird. laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know that he knows why he did that. For it's a good point. But it'd be like if he, it'd be like if he started a backstage interview and he was like Terry Balea, all the right. way from yeah. from Venice Beach. And well, is, and and well into 1985, Sheik, he's still calling it the WWWF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, sad news. Shame to lose uh, the Iron Sheik. So what are they going to name after him in in, in AEW? Oh, Oh, see, I thought you were going to say, what are they going to name after? What kind of match they're going to name after for him in WWE? Because I can see, like, the Iron Sheik Battle Royal. I doubt that. The Camel Clutch Classic. Uh... (laughs) Ah. No, AEW's going to do a tournament with a trophy. He was on a WWE Legends deal, right? I'm sure he was. Well, they probably own all the rights. <laughs> Every single royalty that they had, right. that he had. That depends. I don't know. We'll see. Also, see in, the event of, in, in the event of his death, that might negate the contract or it might, you know, pass it on to the kids and they can decide to do what they want to do with it or like that, so... There's a lot that could happen there. So you're saying we're getting an Iron Sheik tournament uh, in AEW, men's and women's tournament, starting next week. And it's going to be all 60-man Ironman matches. Oh. Yes, the, men's, <laughs> the men's tournament is the Camel Clutch Classic. The women's tournament is the Camel Toe Classic. <laughs> Speaking of AEW legends, you can play as oh. Owen Wilson in the AEW video game. I was really hoping you were going to say speak of the toe. <laughs> Uh yeah, they um they certainly put a face on on the character they call Owen Hart. I wouldn't say it's Owen's face, but it is a face. It's an Owen. It's not yeah. that it's not that Owen. <laughs> they uploaded the wrong Owen. <laughs> so the you know, the deal is that, you know, obviously they they have put like WWE games have put dead legends in before. Sure. Like you can, you can go there right in a couple of the 2K games. Yeah, uh, I mean, Scott Hall was in the most recent one. Like, there's there's a lot of that going. That's all, all fine and dandy. The thing that we always have a problem with is the fact that Owen Hart wasn't alive when this company was created. And that's the big issue. I have no problem with, you know, with Brody Lee being a game. And Brody Lee being a usable character in, like, a road to... AEW Dark or whatever they call it. 
I have no problem with all that because he actually worked there. Like the the fact that Owen Hart is sitting there on a fucking cell phone talking about missing Tony Khan's phone call and and part of the storyline. Like, that's the stuff where it's just like, ah, this is really expletive or exploitative. Yeah. Exploitation. Um, yeah, that's that's the problem. But then the fact that you can also sit there and throw a Molotov cocktail at Owen Hart is maybe not the nicest thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. My issue is it goes beyond just that he never worked for the company because if they had you know special character um, Nick Bockwinkle and you could beat Nick Bockwinkle, sure, why not, right? My issue is the reason it's Owen is because his widow won't let WWE use his image. That's the only reason that Tony Khan pursued this, and that's the disgusting part. It's like, well, now you're just doing it to to fed bad. You know what I mean? And you're just doing it to spite them because Martha won't work with them. So we did get um, a, a few more updates on the game in terms of actual gameplay, because we have started to see people um, actually playing the game on streams and things like that. Um, so we have been seeing a lot of the bugs and things like that that are, are expected day one launch. And uh, so one of the things that uh, when you're on WB2K23, you can you can go into community creations, you can download uh, pretty much any wrestler that's ever lived. And you can take those guys, and they have the popularity and they have the, like, overall ratings that you can put them right into your game, and you can face off against fucking Roman Reigns, you know. And it's not going to be an issue. And right off the bat, we had somebody share uh, during their playing that when they were creating a character, it came with a message that said, your created character will not be able to stand up against actual superstars. You need to train them up first. So any character you create, you want to be able to win a match with them. You need to go through road to the road to elite mode and upgrade them, which is, it's, that doesn't sound great. It's not the first wrestling video game to use that technique, but I've never liked it in any other wrestling video. No, no, no. I mean, I have, if I make, I have. If I make a character, or I download a character, I don't even know if you're going to be able to download characters in this game. But if I, no. if I make, if I'm spending the time making a creator wrestler, and we talked the last time the three of us were together about how much fucking time that takes now, yeah, I'm gonna want to use him yeah. right away. Yeah, and not have exactly. to sit through, <laughs> and and not have to sit through the story mode, and Unless you finish the story mode and then unlock something that means you don't have to do it again. Every time you create a wrestler, you're going to have to sit through that fucking story mode. Otherwise, he's, he's useless because you haven't built him up through the AEW, you know, road to dark mode or whatever it is. Yeah. And so you're probably looking at like really Abaddon. Annoying. Yeah, you're probably looking at like Abaddon would be like a 72 in the game. And like your creative person would be like a 30. Which we've that's seen in the games fair. before, but that's that's what it sounds like. You know, yeah. we haven't seen it yet, but that's what that's what uh, we're kind of led to believe on it. That and method yes, they, is so trite and just. Ugh. Back when you, uh, I I remember 
you had like 20 creator wrestler slots on one of the SmackDown vs. Raw games. And all, all the accredited guys, yeah, they all sucked. And if you tried to use them in GM mode or something like that, they sucked, you know, and it took a lot to kind of like build up and stuff like that. And now we don't have that anymore. Now you, you can literally sit there and you can fucking download a, a 99 overall fucking Owen Hart and throw them right into the game. And that's cool. And I like that. And so the fact that you have kind of unlimited download slots now for created characters, you're not going to want to sit there and create a bunch of fucking WWE guys in your AEW game and then have to slog through fucking choosing your diet in the game, which is something that is real. Uh, and that's having to do like mini games to build up your dining ability in order to participate your greater characters in other modes. Like no, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that make people just stop playing the game. <laughs> it's just it's too tedious, like you said. Yeah. Um speaking because there's there's only so much so many different options on it anyway, so a lot of those things when you're doing like mini games like that, it's gonna be the same one over and over again. So it's like, oh, I got, I got to do the fucking Eden catering minigame, and it's going to take me, like, you know, I got to do a fucking button combo to make sure that I use my chopsticks correct. And there we go. There's one extra point for my fucking dining ability. <laughs> Only a hundred more until I can yep. raise my arm strength. <laughs> yep. So that's the kind of shit that people start going, yeah, this ain't worth it, dog. And they just better move on. So the other problem oh that I have seen... <laughs> And, you don't and, want to talk about the video game, huh? Oh, Adam. No, I'm so, no that um, that wasn't a who boy. I don't want to talk about the video game. That was a who boy. That sounds fucking terrible. Okay, right. I was gonna say like, are you you play video games? And makes me you're you know, not playing this one. Makes me even less interested in playing that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, as the three probably the three gamers of this network. Um. Which I, I gotta say is the that, same thing you you said the last time the three of us were on. We talked about <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. You're only excluding uh, one guy. So. <laughs> Fair. Well, yeah, you know what? Ginger plays video games too, <laughs> and he's with us in spirit. So the the clips I've seen of the actual gameplay, um, looks like look, shit. I gotta I gotta tell you the truth. I waited a long, long time for Nintendo to release Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game. And when they finally did, all expectations were exceeded. I thought the game looked absolutely incredible. Now, I don't think that AEW Fight Forever was ever going to come close to that, but this looks like shit. <laughs> it doesn't even look like a normal game that would come out in 2023. It looks like a third party made it and just slapped it together and, like... Did they try to rush this for the Christmas season? I don't get it. <laughs> to the That's point the where they is. put they put out the game, and like you said, people started playing it on Twitch, and people watching on Twitch were like, "This looks like shit." To the point, and the to the point where the developers were like, "Oh no, we can uh, we're gonna patch the uh, the faces of the wrestlers so that they <laughs> look normal and not like weird bug eyed freaks." But she got somebody that Eddie that Kingston. Puts her out. Yeah, you got someone that fucks around for an hour on WWE 2K23 that can make Jade Cargill look like herself in the game. And the game that you're spending $60 on has her looking like Gumby. Like, it's not fucking good, man. And like like we've talked about before, we all play stylized games. You were, you were talking about fucking uh, Legend of Zelda. 
That is not a game that looks realistic, but the way that they make it look is really good. And the graphics on Fight Forever look like a mobile game. Like, the mouths don't move right. They're too fucking big. There's no, like, texturing to the faces and things like that. And, yeah. All that that aside, though, because... Yeah, go ahead. There's a there's a podcast that I follow um, that I respect their opinions on a lot of things, video game related. But they put out a tweet recently that was like, you can't comparing graphics between 2K23 and Fight Forever is like comparing the, this Kratos skin from God of War versus the Kratos skin in Fortnite. They're different games. They're designed to look different. I'm like, okay, but also. Fight Forever looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Aesthetically, not not realistically, but aesthetically, it does not look good. It looks it looks cheap, and it looks like it's a fucking joke. But all of that aside, because I know that they keep saying the game is fun, the game is fun. Every stream that I've watched, the people have clearly been trying to pump it up a little bit mm-hmm. because there will be times that they are like, brushing over clear glitches in the game. Like, I, I love the new Legacy guys. Um, they will constantly find bugs in games and fucking make fun of them and joke them and stuff like that. And I was watching them play their fucking Chris Statlander versus Darby Allen thing, and I was like, they're clearly, like, probably got the game gifted to them, and they're trying not to say anything too bad, so they're like, oh, this is sick, this is sick. It's like, Chris Statlander just, like, Floated in the air above Darby Allen on a skateboard, and you're like, "Oh, that was so cool!" It's like, "No, it wasn't. That looked fucking terrible." <laughs> like, she literally glitched above him. Like, yeah, that's the kind of problems where it's like, and and when they were talking, it was clear that they didn't exactly know how to do a lot of the moves. It's like, right? So was there either they didn't play a tutorial or there is none, or like what they were trying to do wasn't working? Because <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, watching it, I'm just like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not a huge player of the actual matches in 2K23. I do a lot more of the GM and stuff like that, um, or like some of the creation stuff and things like that. But even when I do play it, like it plays smoothly, you know. And this didn't look like it played smoothly at all. So I don't know. We'll see what happens in three weeks here, but so far, not great. Now. Um, one thing I did want to mention, just to tie that in, uh, some of these streamers will have early access to the game because they'll get either a deal from the developers or a sponsorship. Um, and typically they try to be honest, but yeah, if you're getting paid, you're not going to like trash the game. Right. So I get that. Now, um, we'll see, because once, once it actually does get released to the masses, the general opinion will come out from the gamers. If, if it's fun to play, if it's easy to play, if it's cumbersome, if the controls are awkward, people will will talk about it. So. Like, and everything that we've been seeing has been on Twitch. And mm-hmm. Twitch doesn't require you to say that you are getting paid to review the game. YouTube does. not require you, that's correct. Yeah. YouTube does. YouTube will make it, it'll say it right on the fucking bottom of the thing. Includes paid advertisement or, you know, it includes pay or includes advertisement. So you get the sense of it, and 
a lot of most of like the gaming stuff that I watch is just people randomly picking up video games and they they have no reason not to tell you exactly what they feel about it, you know. Um I'm I'm interested to see if any of the like the regular guys that I watch on on YouTube start playing it because most of what I watch are people tearing games apart <laughs> and like finding the fucking worst possible things to do in the game and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But like I said, so far it's like, well, New Legacy is really good, but also like they probably got like hand of the game by AEW and like here, can you review this good? But then AEW wrestlers playing it on stream, well they're not going to badmouth the game. <laughs> Sorry to say. Also, they didn't really seem to be able to execute the moves either. No, that was the <laughs> thing too. While while uh Evil Uno and, and the other fucking guy, I forget who it was. While they were playing John Silver, maybe I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, while they were playing, yeah, there was a lot of times where it was like they're they're like trying to hide the fact that they they can't seem to do what they want to do on things, and like oh. it's like yeah, I can, I can I can see that being frustrating if they're like trying to perform moves and the game's just not responding like it's supposed to, which it's like it might have been doing. So, but then to sit there and like put up the fucking Eddie Kingston picture and then all of a sudden be like, oh no no, that was from a previous build before shaders were. Like included, it's like, and then they come up with a new face that looks nothing like the first one. It's like that's not just adding some shading, like that's a completely different face that you put on there now. And clearly, that was there because of the fact that that got shared. Because everyone's yeah. like, it doesn't look fucking good. And when are they gonna fix MJF so it doesn't look like Kevin Dunn anymore? <laughs> <laughs> the video, the video that you shared, the tweet of of, of Statlander and. Darby Allen and the skateboard thing. Chris mm-hmm. Chris Statlander pro skater. It was it was funny for twelve seconds. Right. And then the rest of the time you're just watching this going, Why the fuck is this in a game in a wrestling game? They didn't really do a match. It was literally just the two of them fucking around on skateboards, which is exactly what New Legacy would do. But it's like they, it was being like pushed as like, look at how skate, fucking great this was. Skate down yeah. the ramp and then you'd skate into the ring. Yep. But then you can also skate out of the ring back to the floor, and then back, yep. and then you can dive off the skateboard onto your opponent. You can skate so you can skate all those different ways in that game. Yeah. Hey Troy, where's that um, where's that soundbite from Homer that you usually drop? Um, is that boring? Yep, that's the one. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to do in a wrestling video game is I want to skate around on a fucking janky polygony skateboard. Yeah, great. Thanks. I'll play, I'll play Tony Hawk if I wanted to play a fucking skateboarding yeah. game. Right? I'll play, and if I wanted to be jank, I'll play, and, I'll play the Tony Hawk from PS1. <laughs> and the other thing is watching the non-skateboard clips of this game. It, jank is a perfect word for it. It looks, it looks jank as fuck. It's, yeah. it's very much, and I understand that they're, I call it a, call it a nostalgic aesthetic if you want to, to no mercy in those kind of games, but the whole, uh, your opponent phasing into position for whatever move you're about to do, 
that went out the door with fucking like SmackDown versus Raw 2019. Like it's, if the, or like 2009. It's been so long since you've yeah. had to do that shit. There's been a lot of that. There's been teleporting to fucking locations and, or you just splat out fucking missing a move that when you're standing right in front of a person. And I uh, understand, other- I understand the nostalgia for No Mercy and for WrestleMania 2000 because those were great fucking games. Those are 25-year-old fucking games. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason it's nostalgia. <laughs> and also, there's a much easier and and popular way of taking a retro game and modernizing it and making it look, you know, like it has a retro feel, but it still looks crisp and clear and doesn't look fucking like it's dropping frame rates every second. Um, and that's not what this game is that this if this game looked like no mercy and actually like gave that same feeling that would be a different story i'm not picking that up here i know that's no. what they were going for but that's not what i'm getting i mean we've we play fire pro wrestling it's sure. great the graphics are are 16 bit you know yeah. but the gameplay is there mm-hmm. they're smooth <laughs> retro mania is is a good game and that is all about like that whole nostalgia thing. The other thing too is every video I've seen has been matches just featuring a ton of weapons and bleeding all over. Like, is there an actual option to do a normal match where you don't grab weapons? Because I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I guess that's the fucking point is to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm gonna make Chris Tatlander bleed. Like, it's just, it's weird and but, and then, like the the fact that you can intergender it too is like so you yeah. can you can beat the shit out of women in the game and make them bleed all over the place with as a man you can granted your, hey, in, in the new MK1 you can probably do the same thing that's a that is different than normal wrestling game though right those aren't okay. real people <laughs> yeah that's okay true. it's always been the way and, and like Adam just said those aren't real people yeah uh the, the fact that you can sit there and be like, I'm going to create myself in a game, name myself, my same name, my character that, and I'm going to go and throw a fucking bomb at Chris Stantlander. Well, after like, you go through the oh. road to the elite mode. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, uh, so I, I said it a, f- a couple weeks ago. When, when this game was first announced, when we were still doing the AEW rundown, mm-hmm. I I was I was excited for it. I was excited for an AEW game, just like I was excited for the AEW action figures. I was excited for it. Having have, as it's gone on, as time has gone on, as the months and years have passed, seeing what it looks like now, I have zero interest in playing this game. I would not pay sixty dollars for this game. I would not encourage anyone to pay $60 for this game. If it's on sale, I might pay $15 for this game. $10 for this game. I wouldn't pay $30 for this game. I think the word you're looking for is disappointed. It was like That's, after it was like after 2K20 came out, and 2K20 was such a fucking disaster. Mm-hmm. Or 
No, 2K19, and then they skipped 2K20? Is that what it was? Or did they skip 2K21? Yeah. Whatever it was. After the absolute disaster one came out. Mm. No, you know what it was? It was 2K15? That the, the, the PS4 version that I had was so fucking shitty compared to the Xbox One PS5 version that was out, that the, like the new gen version was so amazing and the current gen at that point version was such shit. The next year I refused to buy the game new. Cause they fucked me over so bad the year before. Can't say I blame you. Um, and then look what they did the following years. They they made it the best wrestling game ever created. I mean, it's not. I'm not gonna argue that the the new 2K23 is pretty damn fun. Even even not only does it look amazing, it is it's pretty fun to play. I have I have uh, sampled it a little bit. I've been wanting to get into my rise, but I'm still having that ADHD thing where I'm like, I'm gonna play, and then I sit down and do anything. Something but. else. <laughs> I finally created myself in the game, so I'm, uh, that's kind of my next step of trying to do it. Um, so the the other thing too is, it's it's all cool if you want to turn around and, and throw shitty graphics on there and make it a throwback, but then you can't charge full price for it. <laughs> right. It should be and, a nostalgic game, and it should be like a twenty dollar price point. Because I can buy Fire Pro Wrestling for twenty dollars. I can mm-hmm. buy Mania for twenty dollars. It's it's not a full price game because they know like we didn't put you know as much like fucking time and money into it but that's sort of the thing that AEW does a lot of because you <clears> see <throat> with their merchandise that their merchandise is overpriced too like you know they're they're charging fucking $30 for a t-shirt on a lot of times and like their their action figures which are well made mm-hmm. and and look very good are still the same exact price as a WWE action figure, or even people that are not with the company anymore, they're still charging that same price. They haven't discounted any of those things, you know? And so, like, the fucking... But then they'll turn around and try to fucking sell you a Sting Snow Globe that looks like it was painted <laughs> by a five-year-old and try to charge you, like, 20 bucks for that, and you're like, the fuck is... is are you smoking? I, I understand your owner is high all the time, but, like, your marketing department is too? Yeah, but supply and demand. If these if these marks will pay for it, let it pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I I get that aspect of it. Um, but as, as much as we love to the shit on on WWE shirts, and there are a lot of really bad designs. The AEW thing was always they were a t-shirt company. They have gotten fuck all terrible with their their uniform or their shirts too. Like they don't look good. There's literally a shirt that says offensive shirt. I know. And they're selling them. <laughs> Like, I understand um, it started with, like, the Redeem These Nuts and shit like that and, like, a bunch of the different T-shirts that we go, like, I would not wear that out in fucking public. It's gotten to the point where their designs look fucking god-awful, too, now. Yeah. Well, Pro Wrestling Tees isn't designing the shirts. They're just distributing them and, and, you know, manufacturing them. But that was the original company that they had to deal with, yeah. Pro Wrestling Tees. And, and I know yeah. that they still, like, filter them through them, but... Um. Yeah, the design team has gotten lazy as fuck. Offensive shirt. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> and there's a bunch, okay. in, but a lot of this, their wrestlers have shirts like that now where they're just fucking lazy. They they literally screen printed a, a fucking picture that somebody took with their cell phone and put it on a shirt and charged 30 bucks for it. 
Yep. That was it. I understand. Like I am wearing an AEW t-shirt right now. That is actually a very good design. And it's from, it's a Brody Lee shirt. It's from when they first started. That is a shirt that I feel like is worth $30. Mm-hmm. Fucking Chris Jericho just having two words demo god written on a shirt isn't worth $30 to me. Right. And it's, right. it's for a gimmick that's going to be gone in a couple months, you know? Right. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, cause we oh. were talking about Twitch. Sorry, briefly, on, uh, on t-shirts. Uh, I bought an AEW Owen Hart t-shirt. Because it was a cool design, it was an Owen Hart shirt, and the proceeds went to their foundation. No one's saying anything about any proceeds from Owen Hart appearing in the game going towards any no. charitable foundations or anything. No. I doubt oh. it. Yeah, I doubt it too. Mm-hmm. Look, they're not going to have any extra money. Give <laughs> to anybody. Like, sure. It's, it's all going to the developers that have, like, that have to be paid through college. Yeah. For the past three years. See, yeah. The amount of money that, and this is the truth. The amount of money they lost in this game, I'm actually wondering if the developers made this thing shitty on purpose. Because, like, it almost seems like they they didn't pay someone. <laughs> like like they're you trying to go, hold off until they get sales for the game or something. There's a reason why WWE stopped making games with this company. Because they weren't good anymore. That's why right. they went to 2K Games. Because they knew 2K Games could make really good fucking games. And that we talked about it. Three fucking years ago when they announced this thing was like, wait, you're going to do a thing with the Ukes, the company that made shitty WWE games for years and hasn't made a good game in a decade? That's the company you're going to go with? That was like almost dead that you just pumped money into? Yeah. None none of it looks good. And the fact that we originally heard that it was $40 million that got pumped into the AEW games, does anyone play their mobile games anymore that were also released? Like their their casino game that was clearly a casino game that they just slapped a couple of AW characters into, or their shitty fucking uh, GM game that has better graphics than their fucking video game that's coming out on consoles. Like, yeah. Didn't you play the GM game for a while? I did, and it was god awful. I was gonna say they don't even talk about it anymore. No, they, no. they don't even promote it. So, I, I first of all, it's not on my phone anymore, obviously. Um. I, I I would kind of be curious to to see if anything has changed in it, but do you remember I, I had talked at length about the issues with the game on, on how it just didn't feel fair, and a lot of it like it it didn't it start started you off as like setting you up to fail on the yeah. GM aspect of things. So, but I would I would be kind of curious to see because that was the thing for a while was we were laughing at fucking people they included in the game and didn't include in the game, <laughs> so. I wonder if it's still available. <clears throat> I did want to mention something about Twitch. Cause we were mm-hmm. talk- yeah. Monday night, the WWE, who have recently reached a new partnership with Twitch, they had their first simulcast oh, God. program for Twitch uh, during Monday Night Raw. And I just happened to be near my phone at eight o'clock, so yes, I just I didn't, ha- 
I did not watch Raw live, so I did not get to partake in this. But I did see that they were live with what they were calling their Raw. Not, not watch along, but whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was surprised because this is a company that streams the bump on Twitch pretty regularly. This particular show, um, I don't think they knew or they know what they want it to be yet because it was some talking head that I've never heard of. It was Mega Moran who couldn't get her mic working. And it was Drew Gulak who looked like he was bored as shit. <laughs> and, and they weren't, like, talking about Raw, but, like, the guy was trying to keep it on track about Raw, but also the audio issues sucked, and everybody in the chat was complaining, and it was... Not a great start. Not a good time. <laughs> I was just like, okay, as somebody who watches Twitch on a daily basis, would not recommend. Now, again, show one. They can, they can fix it. But um, yeah, I didn't didn't care much for the hmm. simulcast stream during Raw. Mm-hmm. And you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So no, that's a good point. Speaking of voice, what you we got? Probably Troy? talk about the television product. Well, Troy, Troy uh, has, an up, has an update on uh, Casino Battle Royale. Uh, not the casino one. Oh, the the, uh, the the general manager one. So the general manager one. AEW do more coke than Tony Khan. Yep. Has a 2.7 out of 5 star rating. Yikes. Good. 2.7. How? But also, uh, they haven't updated the game in a year. There it is. Literally the last, the last update says removed TNT title from Scorpio Sky and added it to Wardlow. That was the last update they did a year ago. But the the reviews are just great. It's just like, uh, yeah, it took, took forever to get into a match. And when you find a dude, most of being a new player, okay game. Uh, it's a lot of like, okay ones. But then there's a, just a ton of them like, game doesn't work. Game is shit. Uh, has its issues. On Apple, it's a 3.7 out of 5. Nice. I'm on Google. So, uh, but that's a Google Play. Which, like, you have to be really fucking bad to have that bad of a rating. It's true. But yeah, last update, 10 months ago, same update. <laughs> Removed TNT title from Scorpius guy, added to Dorba. Like, mobile games that are thriving, update. Once every couple months, at least. Usually, it's once every two months. Literally, all you have to do for an update is just to move belts around. Right. At least something. The fact that, well, I mean, first of all, Keith Lee is is on here with black hair. Mm. So, would you that. be shocked if in six months' time it's not even available on the store anymore? I wouldn't be. Because they I mean, put money into it. Yeah, but they haven't put any time or effort into it since, so... No matter, it's got in-app purchases, so as long as people are still spending money on fucking points in the game or stuff like that, they'll huh. keep it up there. It's, it's when that dries up that then that's when they'll pull it, because there's no fucking point in being on there anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, that is uh, fucking hilarious. Whoops. All right. 
Adam, where do you want to start with the TV product this week? Uh, where should we begin? I watched everything. I did too, except for that one thing. Uh, where should we start? Why don't we talk about SmackDown? You have a thing for going in chronological order, don't you? I don't know. It seems the easiest. Does it make so that we're not like, did we talk about that? I don't remember. Does it make your brain all tingly? Um, well, my first note from SmackDown is I don't know that I like Pretty Deadly's new theme music. I don't hate it. Um, give it a little bit. They might remix it. I didn't like Rhea Ripley's originally, and I think they did. They tweaked it a little bit. This is better now. So. It's very disco. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's kind of sad that uh, they put those two guys with Austin Theory, and he immediately feels less than just because Pretty Deadly is so great. <laughs> those two have really good charisma, and then I know Theory has charisma, but not really showing in this character. So, yeah. Um, just make them just make them some more similar to the ambiguous gay duo, and you're good to go. Like, <laughs> tell me that's not what those characters are. I was just saying they already do that. with pretty deadly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just just make him like their fucking like gay third wheel. The third wheel. You're good to go. Yeah. He needs to be. Look, I'm sorry. The serious thing isn't working for him. He's a comedy character. That's the only yeah. time he's ever been entertaining is when he is a dipshit. So he needs to go back to that. Kid Wilson, Elton Prince, Austin Theory, polyamorous triad. No, there you go. <laughs> now, but, see, yeah. if he was the way Austin Theory playing that character, that'd be gold. Absolutely gold. This Austin Theory is just boring. Yeah, I, I want to like Austin, dude. I loved Austin Theory, but it's just not. There's nothing there for me. In fact, his counterpart on Raw, the Inter, the Gunter Continental Champion, is doing a much better job of being entertaining. Right, and Gunther is a serious character, but he is. He's got that presence to him, and he doesn't sound like a dweeb. And Austin Theory sounds like a dweeb, so you should probably lean into that a little bit more. And like I said, if they if they made him less serious and and let him be a little more of a comedy character, I think it would do wonders for his career. Because right now he's just another one of those guys that is great in ring, but outside of it, eh, like he's Apollo Cruz, you know that kind of. Ooh. <laughs> just don't give a shit about his character, but you're like the guy can fucking work. He's really good mm-hmm. at that. Cesaro was the same way. You know, audio, no. Like, he's a great fucking worker, but this doesn't have anything else going for him. But the the position they're putting Austin Theory is they want him to be that, like, Miz-type guy, but he's just... He's not there. And maybe he gets there at some point, but... Look, Miz talks, and he... he no, even if he's being super annoying or he's being um, funny, or he's being made fun of. He's interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, 
Unfortunately, Austin Theory has yet to be that, and it hasn't been for a while since The Way. I mean, that's pretty much was was it since The Way. Uh, pretty deadly, though. I think they're pretty interesting, and I actually enjoyed them on the main roster. They're great. The the main roster call-ups have been very good, other than Odyssey Jones. Um, it's been, like, they, they've been booking it. He is. He was in the draft. He was he a free draft. agent, though, or was he actually drafted? He was drafted. Oh, was he? Oh, well, maybe he's still hurt. He was hurt for a little bit. He possibly, but then don't draft him. Yeah, I know. That's true. The same they don't draft Gable, Gable fucking Stevenson if he's not going to show up on TV ever. <laughs> Remember that? They grabbed Gable Stevenson to be, like, the future of Raw, and I don't think he ever actually had a match on Raw. To be fair, he is he has was continuing his NCAA career and he was continuing going back and back to that. But now he's again training to be a wrestler and it's like he's still fucking trot his ass out there every once in a while and we're like, Yeah, we know who he is. The problem is is like he doesn't have a character and he can't wrestle right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh other than the fact that nobody can take the the Z three sixty, Zoe Stark has been really good on the, on the main roster. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck nobody, nobody can... can figure out that move. I don't know if it just moves too, too quick. <laughs> I don't know, but it's not good. But her Maybe they're afraid to get a knee in the fucking face. Maybe. Alright, so the first half hour of SmackDown was literally just all that pretty deadly and awesome theory stuff. Uh, oh, good, good, good packages to do. Not just, just on pretty deadly, but also on the, the Roman Reigns stuff. Um, they showed. Oh yeah, know, yeah, yeah. They, they they did that throughout the night. They they showed you um, timelines of Roman hitting different marks: hundred days, hundred fifty days, two hundred. Um, you see him pass Punk at four thirty four. You see him pass yeah. Brock at like five eighty or something. It was when he had the Universal Title for a year uh, for a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So it, it was. It's yes. They're, they're building up to the. The main event segment, uh, it, and we are celebrating 1,000 days Roman Reigns as your universal champion. Um, we might as well jump there because that's the big thing that happened on SmackDown. So Triple H comes out, and Triple H uh, invites out Mr. Thousand Days himself, Roman Reigns. And Triple H decides to present Roman with a brand new undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And it is the same belt, but it has gold in the background. and Well, yellow instead of yeah. red with the use black some, strap. Use some good old-fashioned Wisconsin cheese. <laughs> WWE logo on it. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, as we've seen, it is the exact same design that they have debuted now 14 different times. Ten, ten times, ten times, ten times. In like the past yep. whatever many years. Um, yeah, I mean, we had seen, didn't we see somebody leaked a photo of this, and it was it was pretty much exactly what we got. But, you know. Well, the one well, that the, you the one that you were talking about a few weeks ago was the it, it had a gold strap. Yes, this one does not. This one instead of instead of the negative space behind the the WB logo and the center medallion, though it's it's. Oh, it's it's actual like solid gold Jeez. or whatever. Yeah. Um, which was my note is after all that after we've gotten so used to that negative space mm-hmm. and, and seeing you know the black leather or the 
blue leather or the red leather or the, the, the women's belts with that colored section. This feels too gold. Yeah. But uh, also the, the leak that we saw was the, there were no jewels on the WWE part of it. And it was just black. black. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so it, it looked better than this where it's like, oh, we still have the fucking jewels on there. We still have the red fucking swoosh when red against gold doesn't look good. No. It's black. And then it would look a little bit better. So we'll get used to it, obviously. Sure. <laughs> and I think I was... they need to do it to, to, they don't need Roman carrying around two titles anymore. They have their world champion on Raw. So yeah, give him the one belt. Right. And now, of course, this gold belt will show up and whoever wins the Super Bowl or whoever is going to win the Stanley Cup and, you know, they're going to use that as a new thing going forward. So. Or will fine. they use the world heavyweight title? Is that think, the one that looks prettier? I mean, it, it does, but the side plates aren't as pronounced on there and the WWE logo is smaller. I think that they yeah. like that, that aesthetic of the giant WWE logo on it. And the side belts that you can, and the side plates that you can clearly see the champion's logo on and stuff like that. So yeah. I think, I think we'll go with the, the, uh, what do they call it? The WWE Undisputed Championship, right? Yeah. It is no the, long, no, the, no longer the Uber anymore. It is the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. No, they don't have Universal anymore in it. No, the belt, the belts, the, the belt itself on the bottom just says Undisputed Champion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Hunter yeah. called it. Hunter called it universal when he was when he debuted it. Yeah, but everything on WWE.com listed as just the undisputed championship. Okay, which of okay. course doesn't make any sense when you have a second world champion, but that's fine. Right. <laughs> um, and then they've had undisputed titles before, so that's fine. But uh, Triple H getting his workout in, putting all these belts on wrestlers' waist this week. <laughs> it's like that fucking thing a few years ago when he was in every new signees picture and he's just pointing yeah. at them. Now it's just him putting a belt around someone's waist. On that note, though, this belt it has snaps. Ooh. Oh, as opposed to Velcro? It's not, it's not Velcro. Oh. They oh. got a little bit fancy. Also, okay, so when, when when Hunter when Hunter introduced the World Heavyweight Championship. He openly taught through shade at Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now during this one, he's like, he's the greatest champion of all time. It's Roman Reigns. Compared him. I don't understand if they're directing Hunter to do this or if he just thought this was a good idea. But within the same calendar month, like you said, he's throwing shade at Roman and Roman's political part-time championship. And then he comes on this show and he's like, he's the Muhammad Ali of the WWE. He's the Michael Jordan and there will never be another champion like him. And I'm like, motherfucker, didn't you just tell me the other one was the most important one? <laughs> so Roman does not have two um, portraits anymore on WWE.com. They were, they did have that for a while. The belt does say undisputed champion, but underneath his name, it says undisputed WWE universal champion. So triple H, so I, I, I guess it is still the UU, even though the belt doesn't actually say Universal on it anywhere. They probably and they still have, fit it. yeah, they still have the separate championships on like the lineage stuff, and it still says two present. So it's, I don't know what they're doing with the lineage of both of them. Because he's still listed as champion of 
the WWE champion and the Universal champion on their lineage pages. Which it, so it's interesting because he's the longest reigning Universal champion by far. Yeah, but he's not. He's what fourth on the WWE championship list. So I'm, I'm assuming they they got to keep it separate. But I feel like Roman is the last Universal champion. Probably. Like, I feel like the next person who wins the belt, they're just going to be like, he was the next WWE champion. <laughs> Probably. I could see that. Retired Which, at this point, I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, now, during the segment, uh, all hell broke loose. Because even though even though Adam Pearce doubled security and promised Paul Heyman that the Usos would not be let into the building, somehow the Usos just magically walked out of the entranceway. <laughs> Got their music queued up and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out there, and Jimmy was amazing in this segment. <laughs> he was really fucking good. He he verbally took it to Roman, and then uh, he warned Roman, kind of like Cody did a few months ago, that you're going to be a tribal chief all by himself. And Roman tried to scream at him, and Jimmy pie-faced him. Yeah. That was good. That was good fucking shit. Also, they played with the crowd the whole time because they had Solo be like, you know, I acknowledge you, my trouble chief, but these are my brothers. And then he walks across the ring and stands next to them. Um, But that was all a ruse because yeah. Jimmy begged Roman to, to let's do this like we've been doing. Let's keep this shit going. Let's run this shit, but let's do it with respect. And he's like, we're still the ones, right? And Roman comes in and he hugs him and they get the big pop and Roman goes, no. He starts to cry. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. starts to cry. Yep. And then yeah. Roman says no into the mic, steps back, gives a look to Solo, and Solo hits Jimmy with the spike. So another master class in storytelling. Mm-hmm. Just an, another example of how this can be fucking amazing. And this story probably should have fizzled out by now, but we keep adding new layers to it. And now but, we've got... But my tribal chief, but my tribal chief, what about what Jay? What about Jay? Yeah. He said it, like, all confusingly, like, what about Jay, sir? <laughs> so now so now we've clearly set up the Usos versus Solo and Roman, and I think that's a lot of fucking fun. But Roman said that Jay would do what Jay always does and fall in line. Fall in line. Yeah, we'll see. And you look at Jay's character arc, that has what has been his M.O. for every time. Fuck out of him, yeah. (laughs) But but every single time that Jay has had a chance to go against Roman or leave the bloodline, he has chosen otherwise. He has chosen to stay by his tribal chief. Um, I did like Heyman on Raw being like, Jay will decide to stay with his brother. His brother Solo. <laughs> yep. That's good. Yeah. And then, of course, like a mere like five minutes after this one off the air, you could turn over to Rampage and watch three guys tr- ch- chuck each other around a ring and not hit each other. So. Yeah, nobody watches Rampage. I mean, nobody thought, but they, you guys had talked about um, yeah, the North American Triple Threat match. Um, and uh, how, as I was watching that match uh, on Battleground, I was like, this is 
stepping way too close to AEW territory in terms of fucking nonsense flips and, and nonsense fucking spots and shit like that. And and the, the Tyler, the the big strong boy one where he's got Joe Gacy up on his shoulders and Gacy's just like, I'm just going to take a nap up here. That was where I was just like, all right, I get it. Yep, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's the same thing with the fucking, the, the, it used to be that Cruiserweight matches and Luchador matches when they were like a big thing of WCW was, they were doing moves that people hadn't seen, but they were doing moves that made sense. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to win. Yeah. And then you watch the fucking like opening bell of the Commander El Hio del Dabacado and other Luchador guy. And they're just like leaping, frogging over each other. And you're like, this is stupid. They're playing human three card Monty. Yeah. It's, it was so dumb. And I'm like, it's like, yeah, this is, this is, it encapsulates what the issue with AW is right now. At, at some point we got to, they got to a point where it was just like, and then I'll counter, and then you'll counter, 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 and then we'll just stand in the ring and stare at each other, and everybody will clap. Yeah, yeah. And that was, was a <laughs> that was the problem that that we had with Wesley, where at a certain point he just kind of stood back and watched a pinball go through, and you're just I like, said, you, did you forget what you're at the very begin, the first fucking spot in the match. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing where. That's why you need road agents who will sit there and be like, don't do that. that. They don't have somebody pulling the guys aside and be like, that spot makes no sense. Make it make sense. You know? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take much. I would hope that someone would have pulled, I would hope that someone would have pulled them aside after the match and been like, hey, dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. Like, in real life here, you almost just let your title go away because you just sat there and watched this dude pin this other dude in this triple threat match for your title. Yeah, just because you needed to get to the next spot kind of thing. And that's been a lot of the problems. We used to call those kinds of people spot monkeys, and it used to be a derogatory thing. And now it's like those are the ones that are getting praised are the guys that are doing these things where every move is just to set up the next move. Whereas, the, to, in my opinion, obviously... You can have a different one. But in my opinion, a wrestling match is supposed to be continuing to try to win the match. And yes, there are times that you have to set up moves. I understand that. But we've talked before about the fucking uh, grouping of people on the outside so they can catch the person come off the top ropes is dumb. And it makes no sense. And you need to have the wrestling match make sense in order for it to be good to me. And I, I just... And not all of them. There's, there's a, a good number of, of AW matches that don't do that, that they do actually like take the time to try to make things make sense. But then you have certain things like Matt Jackson's foot explodes. And you're like, why? How? There was never any conversation about that. It was never like a, a little bit boot, boot up with explosives. Nothing. And like, then they just like pretended that it didn't happen. They were like, oh my God. Anyway. Pinfall attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I looked it up because you said, because you pointed out that, that Roman Reigns has been the longest reigning Universal Champion. So I, f- I figured I'd look it up. Mm. His reign is more, at this point, more than twice as long as the second longest Universal title reign, uh, which was uh, when Brock Lesnar won it at WrestleMania 33. <laughs> 
and held it past 34 until SummerSlam. I remember that. Yeah. Um, he, what was that? 512 or something like that? 503. Okay. I was going to ask if he has held it longer than everyone else combined, but <laughs> that must not be the case. Gotta uh, be good. No, because Brock had it twice or three times yeah. for a little bit of time. So. Well, I mean, it's honestly, it's possible because the. T- Roman's currently at 10:12. The next longest is Brock at 5:03. The next longest after that is Kevin Owens at 188. So it is quite possible. Yeah, but then did Brock have another one of like 300 and something or 280 or something no. like that? No, not, not oh, the wow. Universal okay. Champion. Okay. So collectively, Brock has held it for 686. Okay. Yeah. Let me do quick math here. Kevin Owens held it for what would you say, Adam? 10, 180 or something? 188. Yeah. Right. So, collectively. Bella had one day. Yep. Less than one the, the other title reigns. Oh, did you just do the math? Because I was just about to do yep. the math. Uh, 1,374. So he's getting close. <laughs> <laughs> That it would be an insane stat if he makes it to 1,375 days to be like he has held that belt for half the amount of time it's it's been in existence. I mean that would require him holding it for almost another entire calendar year, but which I don't want yeah. to happen. Um, Very well happen. <laughs> so two things I want to I want to discuss from this from this main event segment with you, so in, in Roman and and, and Solo. Do you think we get a Roman versus Jimmy match for the title? I don't think so. No, I can see them doing a one-off at like Money in the Bank. They gave Jay one. Uh, what was it? Two two pay-per-views in a row back when this whole yeah. thing started. Maybe, but I don't know. It, it seems like well, Money in the Bank we're getting the tag team match. I think. So the next thing after that would be SummerSlam. So I don't know if you're going to do Roman versus Jimmy at SummerSlam. Or if you're going to be done with it after the tag team match. Or maybe you do a, a second tag team match at SummerSlam. But I don't think you would. I think you have. he's got to defend that belt at SummerSlam. Sure. So. But, but if he I spends could, all this time with Jimmy and Jay, then who, who's yeah. logically going to challenge him in August? You know what I mean? We're already in June. Well, if... Solo turns on him. Maybe. Which, you know, is always possible that maybe Solo gets a shot at SummerSlam. I don't think so. I think it might be Jimmy, or it's just going to be somebody, you know, somebody else that they built up. Maybe Drew comes back, or Lashley. Even if, you know, there's a lot of guys over on SmackDown that they could give a shot to. And you could still kind of have that tag team thing going on there. You know, the Usos get involved with them. Or you spin it off with the Usos are just going after Solo. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can go, which is great. There's a lot of different different ways that you could take a story. And it's, it's gone in ways that I didn't think was going to go. So One way I would be shocked if it did go this way, but I wouldn't exactly be against it, was I, I, I read something that piqued my interest. What if, now that they have their thousand-day mark, what if the guy who wins Money in the Bank cashes in on Roman that night and takes the title from him? Possible. 
I am not opposed to it. I know a lot of people would be like, that's how it's going to end. I don't. Mm -mm. I think it makes perfect sense. I think you've got your thousand days. You got you got it down to one belt. I have no problem with the money in the bank winner cashing in that night. Yeah, I mean it's whoever whoever beats him for it, no matter how they beat him for it, it's going to be big and important. So even if it is a cash in, I mean that would be a way to keep Roman strong, but also crown a new champion and. You know, but I don't know. So I know that everybody is huge right now in LA Knight. I'm not as big on LA Knight as everybody else is. I don't have a problem if he wins Money in the Bank as long as he cashes in on Seth or, you know, cashes in on that new title belt because I don't want to see Roman get dethroned by 40 old dude. No offense, but. I would have trouble. You know, accepting the believability of L.A. Knight just beat Roman Reigns, like, right. mm, yeah, I'm not there for that. Yeah, he he feels like he would probably get a run with that secondary world title. Sure, because that's what it is. Uh, it even has the same name as the old secondary world title, the mm. World Heavyweight Championship. But yeah, no, but I, I somebody like uh um. A Lashley or a Riddle or even a McIntyre, somebody like that winning Money in the Bank and then cashing in a Roman, I'm I'm down for that. Personally, the only person that I want to see beat Roman Reigns right now is Gunther. Okay. Because I know he's got the icy belt, but you can easily drop that if they do like a multi-man ladder match or something like that or however they want to do it so he doesn't have to take a pin or a loss if he wins Money in the Bank. I think that's great, too. I think he'd be a great Money in the Bank holder, especially then maybe after he throws his coat to Ludwig, then he can throw the case to fucking Giovanni. So he has <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's what I would prefer, is to see Cooper win the Money in the Bank, because that dude, to me, is a phenomenal heel, and he's mm-hmm. going to be a one of the shows. Sure, sure, sure. I agree with that. I, I honestly kind of like to see Damian Priest with the briefcase. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, too. Priest is another one of those guys, though. He's how many more years do you have left of him? So, yeah. Um, and I know that he's he's forty, but uh, I mean, obviously AJ Styles when he came in was old, and we put the fucking title on him a couple different times. So mm-hmm. it doesn't take it away from him. But Priest has done so fucking good lately, mm-hmm. and. If they wanted to use that as a catalyst to get him away from Finn because of the fact that he would then fucking steal Finn's thunder, even though they're not supposed to have a leader, Finn is their leader. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that was proven this Monday night. So. No, but then, um, segueing that over to, uh, to Dom Dom, that fucking segment with him and Cody was great. Like him slapping Cody and then immediately running behind Rhea. Yep. So yep. good. Like, so good. First of all, slaps a dude with a broken arm. Going <laughs> farewell to his And then hides behind Rhea. Just the, the, I mean, obviously the fucking crowd reactions are still there. And like, if you want people to continue to cheer Cody, that's a perfect person to put him against. Mm-hmm. The guy that has the most heat in the company right now. Yeah, everything about that was great. I know that there, that um, I think Jason talked about is this how we bring Eden Styles up 
No. Which? No, please. Please don't. Okay, I saw him. I saw Jason mention that in the host thread, and I'm gonna say this. And and Jason, I don't want you to get mad at me, all right, buddy? But I do want you to be logical about this. I know it would be a shocking moment if Eden Styles came back. Here's the thing. Eden Styles in the ring can't hold a candle to fucking Rhea Bloody Ripley. So it's no. already a disservice to <laughs> Eden Styles to bring her back that way. And it's a disservice to Rhea because she needs better competition than that. No, it's it's Cody, so it would they'd probably pair him up with someone like Liv or right. some other some other plucky baby face that they could I mean if they really wanted to, to do something with it. Fucking have Dom and Rhea versus Cody and Raquel. Yeah, and that's that at makes least a lot somebody more that sense. yeah that can stand up to her, and mm-hmm. she's somebody that you know could use a little bit of that babyface heat that Cody carries around with them. So. Yeah, Cody giving Raquel the rub that would be huge. Yeah, so that, um, would, that would be interesting to me. But yeah, I don't. Brandy is Brandy. I mean, she's a cunt, but. Yeah, it, like it's nothing she, to do with how I feel about wrestle, her personally. Yeah. She she cannot wrestle. She hasn't in two years. And we're yep. just going to put this woman against the most dominant uh, champion in in the women's division, WWE. No, I don't see that happening. Um, uh, it's WWE, though, so it'll probably be Becky. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Before we even got to the slap, um, I thought... So, Dominic surprising. Remember how, like unprepared he was for interview segments back when he was a baby face and he was um, just Ray's son and they were winning tag titles like him in interview segments was like cringeworthy back then he has not great (laughs) but he has this confidence now and maybe it's because he knows everybody in the building hates him it's because he went to prison yeah like he says stuff like that and you're just like oh that's that's fucking money because everybody's like, I wish they would choke you. <laughs> um, and then Cody, oh my god, Cody, which just this is an AEW thing. Cody's done it a million times, especially in AEW. Um, he just verbally fucking cut him down so bad. <laughs> he was like, your father gave you a public spanking at WrestleMania. And then um, he's like, oh, all 15 minutes that you spent in jail, I know it was so hard, right? Yeah, but uh, again, like Dom has hasn't been great on the mic, but like you said, he's got so much heat that he doesn't really need to say much mm-hmm. to get it. And he does have. I've I watch. <laughs> I've been enjoying like watching TikToks where they they use like Gen Z fucking terms and stuff like that as like a way to make fun of it. And like I kind of feel like that's how Dom is. Is that no matter what what he says, it's just infuriating to listen to is so he's just like fuck that guy <laughs> plus he gets to he gets to fucking have Rhea Ripley carry him around like babies so right and mad jealousy um I'm assuming this is just a stopover until Brock decides he wants to come back and they probably do Brock Cody 3 at SummerSlam but yeah Brock Brock isn't working money in the bank doesn't see him unless he magically shows up in the fucking briefcase again so yeah, I think I think that uh, this is just we're gonna do, and and it might just be Cody versus Dom in a regular match. You know, it might not be a mixed A team match, but it sure seemed like that's where they're heading. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think that's what it is. It's just a way to. And Dom is a guy that Cody can beat, and mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt Dominic, and it's going to only help Cody get over more. So. And it's going to help Dom too, just to be yeah. in a ring with a guy like Cody and to have that main event spotlight, basically. Um, now, keeping with the Judgment Day, we saw a World Heavyweight Title defense between Seth freaking Rollins and Damian Priest. Really good match. Yeah. Really, really good match. And at the beginning of the night, Rollins told Priest to to keep his boys in the back. And Priest did his, what he said he was going to do. It was just all of a sudden Finn decided to show up and get himself involved. Right. Which even after Finn got involved, Priest, you could see him looking at him outside the ring like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I didn't tell you to come out here. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I, thought so humble, fair, yeah. I thought humble Damian Priest at the beginning was a little odd. Mm. True. But, but then, then again, apparently after the show went off the air, uh, Priest and Seth made out a little bit. I'm sorry, uh, shook hands after the match. So I don't know if this is like a catalyst to turn Priest face. Speaking of the show going off the air, they they need to get that at least a little bit of that overrun back because these hard cuts at 11 o'clock are killing me. Yeah, I hear you. I think it's killing them too. They're not used to it. They used to have what five, ten minutes to work with, and they don't yeah. get none of that anymore. Ugh. Yeah. Obviously. You know, SmackDown was a different beast because it was like, yeah, it's, it's regular cable, so they, they, in order to get like their shit right, they gotta fucking end at the right time. But yeah, when you're on USA, you're like, yeah, it used to be able to be like, oh, you can go fucking 20 minutes past. But now, whatever reason, they're just like, and it's like, I, I understand you're like, it's a three hour show, they'll still figure it out. But, <laughs> but like, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. For years, when I, what you know, recorded raw, or what, when I set the recording for my DVR, I had always put 15 minutes ahead. Yep. And there were a couple of times that it overran that 15 minutes. Yep. Not often, but it happened. But now, like Adam said, yeah, 11 o'clock, hard cut off. Um, I just, yeah, I would just set it to record what, uh, whatever show was on after. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, if if raw was done by the time the thing was done, I was like, well, I'll just delete that recording. Yeah. But then, yeah, now, now it's like you watch it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, he won the championship. Dun, 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 dun. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> um, I think there was no doubt that, that Seth was going to defeat Damian Priest, but it was still a fun match. Sure, sure. That buckle bomb, uh, not buckle, sorry, uh, barricade bomb was kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's a big dude, too, and he probably shouldn't be taking moves like that. Um, I kind of hoped he was going to take that out of his offense after the Kane incident fucking 10 years ago at this point or eight years ago, but no, he still, still analyzes it and it's a little, <laughs> well, and I having Finna and having Finn out there where you're like, that's how you put that guy out <laughs> for a year, years, time. which he bragged about <laughs> in the yeah. beginning oh, yeah. of the show. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was good. I like the fact that he, he took to Twitter and was like, you mean to tell me we haven't had a world title defended on Raw since 2019? He's like, I'm going to change that. Uh, that nice. that was a cool touch. I remember 2021, maybe was it two years? Whatever it was, it was like it was nice for him to be like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and fucking do this. Yeah, it, it was two years. It was when Biggie won it. Biggie won it on Raw. 
um, from Lashley. Yep. But Raw itself this week was really good. And it had a lot of really good wrestling matches, which is something Raw hasn't had in a while. Kevin <laughs> Owens versus Gunther was fucking incredible. I love it. Yeah. I, I really, I sincerely enjoyed in that backstage segment when, uh, uh, Vinci and, and Kaiser approached Kevin and, and, and Sammy and then, and then Gunther stepped between them that they didn't put the Imperium nameplate on the screen until Gunther appeared and stepped between them and started talking. It was like, Oh, now it's Imperium because all three of them are there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, but I I, I, mean, I, I I sincerely enjoy Kevin Owens yelling at uh, at Ludwig Kaiser. Oh my gosh. What did I tell Again. you? You're not following the rules. Nobody <laughs> said your name. <laughs> yeah, fucking Kevin is great. And, uh, just the was it last week when when he asked uh Chad be able to do that thing that you do, do that's thing, really yeah, funny. do the thing that yeah. makes me laugh. He's gonna do he's gonna do the thing. I yeah. I giggle every time. Oh my gosh, the guy is just fucking amazing. And yeah, again, yeah, this match again was just another one where you just wouldn't shut up and you're just like, oh my gosh, man. Like, I don't know how. And another match that was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how anyone keeps a straight face when that guy's in the room. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Chad Gable, did anyone else notice in their, their backstage segment with Maxine? That because of the spacing of the letters on her dress and how she was standing in terms of compared to where the camera was, that all her dress said was, "Ho." Oh. oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But that's great. Oops. <laughs> For somebody that was going to be a wrestler, that they then had to pivot into being a manager because she wasn't progressing. She's really done a fucking great job of being a manager. Mm-hmm. And considering that she had to change her fucking name through this Maxine Dupree thing, it's been, it, surprisingly, she's been able to do very well because she did not spend a lot of time down in NXT. Mm-hmm. No. But is she transitioning back to wrestling? Because apparently Master Chad is Maybe. a trainer. I, I would be down for it. And honestly, she's probably been training this entire time that she's been a manager. But I think that, it, that, this whole thing with the Maximum Male Models and now joining up with uh, American Alpha, or not American Alpha, Alpha Academy. Um, yeah. See, Sal Troy does it too. <laughs> I think, I think it's interesting. Uh, at least, at least they still have a leader, unlike Chase U, who doesn't have Andre Chase anymore, but still right. is Chase U. And then there's like thousands of them now. Yeah, mm. we'll get to that. Do you, see that <laughs> do you see that guy who was posting all those misogynistic memes on Twitter? That guy was such a master chad. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> we had two qualifying matches for Night of Champions. For Money in nope. the Bank, you mean? <laughs> I mean for Money in the Bank. Excuse I... Me. I the headline so, says Night of Champions fall out. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I so desperately wanted that the, the Becky Lynch Sonya Deville match to not be painfully obvious in terms of outcome. And then Trish and and Zoe came out and I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're actually gonna do it. They're gonna, you know Trish is gonna cost her the match and Sonya's gonna get the no no Becky still won. And holy shit, 
she threw fucking Chelsea Green into the side and she just like spun in air. It was just like, at least you're going all in, man. <laughs> Remember when Orton chucked one of the Bollywood? Yeah. Bollywood bo- yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's great. But yeah, the, that was good. Um, again, Zoe Stark winning hers and, and, you know, getting in is, is good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had fucking, uh, Caden and Katana. Who, even though they lost, looked really fucking good in their like debut match. Um, so, and they fucking watching Caden Carter dance and jiggle around has been just phenomenal on the main roster. Oh, it's, been, it's been pretty amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, like they looked great. They had a very competitive fucking match with Ronda and, and Shayna. So, like I said, a lot of the a lot of the people that were drafted have done very well, other than Grace Muller. So it's been you know it's been good so far. Uh, we'll see. Cameron Grimes got a little fucking rub here and there, and obviously they they seemed like him. So, yeah, I was um, I was very happy when when Zoe won because I was like, okay, you can't have Zoe come out for Becky's match and still have Becky win, and then later on you have Zoe lose because that just makes her look so less than. So I'm glad they both are in Money in the Bank. Um. It's difficult with Sonya because in no world did I believe she was going to beat Becky. I really didn't. But like you said, Adam, when when Zoe came out, I was like, well, maybe. Because it's not like Becky needs money in the bank. Um, no. The, uh, the, the question will be, is Trish going to be in money? No, I don't see that. Why, why put your body through a fucking car wreck like money in the bank if you don't have to? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose the, the idea there is that she helps or tries to help Zoe win it. But I, I mean, we we get this every year with Money in the Bank where we have to do these little mini feuds within the match. So mm-hmm. having Beck and Zoe against each other during the match will be interesting. And if they wind up fucking costing each other the chance to win the briefcase, then it's good too. With all the talk of Ellie Knight being like the fucking crowned male guy, there really isn't. Anyone on the women's side that like stands out to me. I mean, Raquel is probably a favorite to win it, but outside of her, could really be anybody. I don't want to see Becky win. I don't think think that she will. I'd like to see Zoe take it. I think Zoe it might be Zoe. Yeah, Zoe would be interesting because she is so fucking brand new, and about this heel persona has been a lot of fun, and Trish and then Trish Elevator as well, but. And can I tell you, yeah. that is a phrase that I would never have said more than two weeks ago, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, she instantly felt important when, of all people, she attacked. She attacked Becky Lynch. And then she yeah. aligned herself with Trish, which makes her even more important. So yeah. she it wins money like, in the bank, and she just keeps on that trajectory. Yeah. So it seems like Io and Asuka are facing each other at money in the bank. So I'm guessing Io is not in the ladder match. but. Correct. If EO was in there, I'd say she's 100% winning. Yeah. But obviously now it seems like that's not going to be the case. So. I'm down for EO and Asuka, though, for, for oh, a title. That, for the title. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I love the fact that they both did their promos against each other in Japanese. Mm-hmm. That was great. So what they and, said? Yeah, uh, are you asking me what they said? <laughs> <laughs> you're our, I had you're our Japanese women's wrestler guy. I don't speak Japanese. I want to, <laughs> but I'm too stupid to learn it. So, 
Well, um, you mentioned Caden and Casey. I thought they, they really did look great. And I thought the presentation was good. Like these two, um, you know, they made it a point that they were the longest reigning NXT women's tag team champions. Uh, uh, they who, do. Which one of them is Casey? Crazy. The very tiny one that was on American Ninja Warrior. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Her name's Katana Chance. Sorry. Go. Calling her by her NXT name. Casey Catanzaro. I just call him Casey Squared. So, so Io Shirai comes out and says in Japanese, Hey, 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 Miss Asuka, you sure are getting way too cocky. I win at Money in the Bank, points to briefcases. I will challenge for that title. Io Sky will be the new champion, so best regards. Asuka then responds with, Child, child, you know little children are not allowed to be here. Io then says, Shut up, you piece of shit. <laughs> Asuka calls her stupid. Io calls her a piece of shit. Asuka calls her stupid again. And that's nice. the end of the transcript. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Oh, which reminds me, you wanted... You you wanted to know what Sammy said oh, in Arabic, in, right? In Saudi, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. In the in the his yeah. ring introductions for So he said Calm down, calm down, calm down. Pray to the to the Prophet. We are an Arab country, we have an Arab champion, we're going to do this in Arabic. Introducing the prize fighter, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane. That's what he said. Okay. Now, can you tell me 10 years ago you would have thought a phrase, the phrase pray to the prophet in Arabic would have been said on WWE television. Well, by a face. <laughs> sure, sure. Because there was plenty of times that that would have been said by a heel. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah. I'm sure Muhammad Hassan has said that at some point in time in his career. Yeah. The, the other thing is the the women's match, the tag match with Ronda and Shayna versus Casey Squared. It was not a title match, so there was a part of me that was like, "Wow, imagine yeah. if if Casey Squared beats Ronda and Shayna on their first night on Raw." Still, really good showing for them. I really enjoyed. Yeah, it. yeah, and and at least that one ended with a submission win, unlike with their getting a fruit roll up on Kevin Owens to win. Right. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> just, just have him get distracted by Giovanni, and have Gunther hit powerbomb. Oh, speaking of Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser, how do we feel about Matt Riddle single-handedly taking them both out pretty easily? They haven't been, <laughs> they haven't been portrayed as anything more than just grunts. Sure. He's a stallion, so, man. He is. Um, yeah, he tossed Ludwig and then grabbed, uh, uh, caught a kick from Vinci and turned it into an ankle lock and pretty much broke his ankle. <laughs> I mean, to me, that felt, that wasn't as egregious as it being like a two-on-one match. That was him just fucking, you know, he, he wound up catching Vinci. And, and turning it into an ankle lock. That, that, didn't, that didn't make me feel like Vince was a bitch or anything like that. But like I said, they also are just sidekicks. So right. they're, not, they're not presented as they were in NXT, where they were amazing tag team champions. So maybe eventually we get to that point, but so far, 
Yeah, it didn't really bother me either because Riddle is obviously an established MMA guy, so and he is very much used to taking on more than one person at a time. His end game is obviously Gunther. Um, I I don't think we get Gunther and in, in Riddle for the IC title at Money in the Bank, but I mean it seems more like a SummerSlam match, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know if if we wind up being where Riddle takes the IC belt off of Gunther, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm fine as, with it as long as it leads to Gunther going for the world title after that. You mentioned Gunther being the one to take it off of Roman, but I actually can can very quickly see a Gunther Seth program coming. Well, up yeah, soon. because they're, they're both on Raw, it, it makes more sense that way. I was just saying that if they have him win Money in the Bank, then you know you could do that, or you know it could very well be. The other thing too is what worries me is that we have established that you can cash in on mid card titles. Yep. So worries me that. Someone's going to win that briefcase and then cash in on Gunther. Well, Gunther said if Matt Riddle wants a match with him, he needs to win the briefcase and cash in on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what we're going to do, but I don't like that. I don't either. And I railed against that last year. That, that was my biggest problem with Theory cashing in. Not even that he lost. Sure, we've seen Money in the Bank heels lose before. My issue was he did it on a mid-card title. And I didn't want that to be precedent. I don't, the whole point is you're getting a world title shot, which is usually very hard to obtain, and you have a guaranteed contract for a world title shot anytime you want. Yeah, we've only set the precedent for losing money to bank cashins for the men. All the women cashins have been successful. Yeah, Corey Graves said that this week. Yeah. Uh, every woman who has cashed in has succeeded, so. Which makes me think that someone's going to yeah. lose. Right. Every time <laughs> that, you're just like, oh, here's where fucking, like, Becky Lynch wins the, belt, wins the fucking briefcase, and then Trish costs her her cash in or something like that, or something fucking stupid. But, I mean, technically, one of those cash-ins wasn't really a cash-in. I was just going to say, can you say that 100% of the women have won the briefcase have cashed in successfully when Asuka was just given the title, or yeah, quote-unquote, the, t- the title was in the briefcase? Still ended up with still, the title. Yeah. She still had the title. She still exchanged the briefcase for the title. <laughs> exactly. She didn't even have to have the match. Becky lost by pregnant. Um, I, I still love. And that, as you uh, as you as you know, listening at home, we are experts on pregnancy. Right. Uh, I still I still love that tidbit that Oscar wasn't told that that was happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, her entire reaction during that thing is 100% legit. Like, yeah. she's so fucking happy that Becky is is going to be a mother. Yeah. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of shit I love to hear. Should have missed her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking yanked out her panties and missed into her vagina. <laughs> I'm getting that kid, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hate that. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's going to be in your brain now. Speaking of things, I, speaking of things I hate, Lacey Evans back, but uh, thankfully she lost. Um, Dude, Lacey Evans lost clean as a sheet. I was like, oh, she's a fucking, she might as well be Baron Corbin these days, except for less and it was, tall. It was after debuting a new gimmick again. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, she's she's Sergeant Laughter. 
and they and jobbed her out, which so, was great. Sorry, I don't. Laughter. Yeah, I don't. Uh, don't advocate for people losing the job, except for Lacey Evans. Yep, and maybe. Shana Burke is a, is a phenomenal person. She seems like a nice enough girl, but she is so, to to put it, Sally, ruined. Uh, <laughs> because nobody's going to take her seriously anymore. And they tried. They tried on NXT. She was, like, but she there. showed up at NXT. She was she was one of the last people in the Battle Royale. I get all of that. The problem is that she's still a very mediocre wrestler. For somebody who's been doing this for that long, and her and character-wise, there is nothing entertaining about her. That's and the same not, that same way. With, with um, I think with Dana, this is even worse. We're not even talking about just executing the moves. Yes, we understand that's mediocre, but also anything Dana does with her voice or her face is not great. Um, well, Dana's done a lot to her face, and none of it's true. Good. <laughs> but I mean, like, like here's this plucky baby face, and she's like, "Yeah!" And she tries to get the crowd all hyped, and everybody's yeah. like, "Who are you again?" In fact, during the battle royal, I kept seeing, kept seeing her like off, you know, you know, on the wide shot. And I'd be like, "Who the fuck is that blonde girl?" Oh yeah, it's Dana Brooke. <laughs> in, in a match filled with who the fuck is that chick? The fact that the person that's been there for almost a decade was also included in who the fuck is that chick? It was probably not a good thing. Nope. But yeah, it took me a couple times too where I'm just like, I was like, oh, that's right, it's Dana Brooke. Because <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of it and be like, oh, that's Lola Vice. Okay, I remember her now. Yeah. Yeah, that Battle Royale was very pretty to look at, but very ugly to watch. <laughs> um, it's tough. Because this is a battle royal that at a house show is perfectly serviceable and nobody cares about anything but the winner. You know what I mean? But you put it on TV and then you start to overanalyze every fucking uh, throw and every miss and it's just, it's not a good look. But it's not really their fault. They're they're told to go out there and just, you know, throw some punches and kicks until you get a little yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Battle royals are, are generally used for brand new talent. You know, mm-hmm. we see it all the time on the independent too, is guys that you know can't really work that well. You just gotta throw them into fucking battle royale just so they can get a couple reps in. And a battle royale in this case where you're just, where yeah, it is literally just beat the fuck out of each other and then get thrown out. Yeah, it's very hard to fucking stand out until you get down to it. You know, Royal Rumble is always good because of the fact that you generally don't have more than 10 people in the ring at a time. And so you can kind of showcase them. Once it did get down to Dana Brooke, Cora Jade, and Thea Hale, it turned into a very interesting triple threat match. Uh, all the, the fucking throwing them both over the fucking top rope at the same time and sneaking out a win. Sure. It, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's just whoever is going to lose the fucking tiffy time. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, yeah, nobody is taking that belt off of tiffy, the first defense. So. Sure, we'll go ahead and give fucking Thea a little shot. Yeah, um, I felt like if they were going to do that finish, they sh- Thea should not have come back in as soon as she did. No, they should have just had the one-on-one between Cora and Dana, and then 
at the very last second, right. Diaz shows up in the shot, in the camera shot, and throws him over. Yeah, that would have been uh, way more effective. And then she can shake the ropes like the Ultimate Warrior. I'm glad that uh, that Corey is putting more muscle on her arms. That's <clears throat> always been that's always been an issue with me is that she has always looked undersized, um, but now she's starting to get some more definition in her arms, and it's starting to make her look more badass. It's important, and it, look, it's a cosmetic business still, and yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't look like you can hang with the girls around you, you're going to stand out for the wrong reasons. Right. So, like you said, a little bit more muscle because she used a very thin frame. So when you put her against somebody like T- Tiffany Stratton or Rhea Ripley, it it shows. Yeah, yeah. Because even even Liv Morgan, who is a, a tiny person, has fucking muscle on her. Like Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss has muscle on her, even though she is fucking five foot nothing. Speaking of Sorry, tiny people, um, no, I, I was going to say speaking speak, speaking of Tiffy time, I thought her promo was much better this week. Much better. I agree. I agree. And it might have been because it was a backstage thing, and so they... Quite you know, possible. But uh, I thought it went uh, I thought it went much better. But also, they asked a lot less of her this week. They didn't ask her to go out there and carry a 10-minute segment running down the entire division. True. Um, well, I, I, I just wanted to mention about the AL. There's something... I can't put my finger on it. There's something about her that I think can be very successful in this business. Maybe it's her screaming, you know, freaking out of her mind, shaking the ropes. Maybe that's her money. I'm not sure what it is. But I think this girl uh, could be successful, like really successful. But we'll see. This is going to be her first big program. Yeah. She's very bubbly. She's Mm -hmm. very charismatic. Very energetic. That's that's half the fucking battle there. Mm -hmm. And she does. She's got a great look to her. Um, Her her in-ring work, I mean, that's, that's something that you can you can improve on, but she's looked good. She hasn't looked bad. So. And she's got that fiery underdog pers- uh, persona where, I don't know if it's just natural for her, but yeah, you want to root for this girl. And you're like, yeah, yeah, go Thea Hale. Plus, plus Tiffy's got a lot of ammunition. So mm. that should, it should be fun to listen to the two of them go back and forth for a couple of weeks here. Obviously, we don't have Andre Chase anymore, who can sort of be the manager there. Um, but Duke being involved in those segments will be a lot of fun. I enjoyed so. the I enjoyed the, the the little vignette that they had outside the school, quote unquote, mm. where she had just left class with um, Gulak and uh, Charlie Dempsey. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. It feels like the more Duke. Um, the more the weeks go on, the more Duke has no idea what the fuck's going on in his own university. Yeah. <laughs> though, for sure. And I do like the fact that we have started to branch out to, like, okay, they're getting, like, guest instructors. Mm-hmm. So they're like, mm-hmm. these are things. So, again, Gulak and Dempsey. And so you, you feel like... They got, uh, it's a, they got a bunch of guest celebrants at the end of the Battle Royal, too. Yeah, exactly. Including um, yeah. like those the twins. newest twins. Yes. Yeah. The reason that the Bellas are no longer relevant. And Sorry, no, but it's true. These girls and, are half your age and look much better. And no twins. Well, plus they're much more. Remember those shitty it. ads from 20 years ago? Oh, yeah. I do. I remember those. And yeah. yeah. But I feel like Chase U is, is, the perfect, is the perfect way to bring up a lot of these. So who the fuck NIL are they? Guys. The Cavender the twins. Um, 
Bailey and Harley, I want to say. They are already Harley and Barley, okay. They're already Instagram and TikTok famous beyond WWE. Yeah, but they're um, they're listed as American media personality. They were two. (laughs) No, they they were two Division One college basketball players. Yeah, yeah. And it is Haley and Hannah. Sorry, Haley Haley and Hannah. Hannah. (sighs) Harley and Barley. They're literally everything that the Bellas aren't. (laughs) <laughs> including pretty. Uh, I'm sorry. But, um... <laughs> Attractive, not annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Actually athletic, not fake like you played soccer in high school and made it sound like you were going to go pro. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> not fucking a ghost. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I was just trying to see their stats for the computer. Yeah, so, I mean, they're not fake athletes because... Literally, like, 19 points, or uh, average of 19 points for Haley Cavender, nine rebounds. Like, they're they're good players, you know. The other one, ooh, the other one had a rough year this year. <laughs> and it was oh. one from 14.5 to 3.8 points for per game, so she didn't do as well. But they're, they are legit athletes. They are very attractive-looking they are exactly what WWE would want as well because it's two people that even though they have a media following, they can bring that in to uh, to NXT and also you now have incredibly young twins that can take that role. So mm-hmm. and maybe they won't be as big a cunts. Is it true? But yeah, like I said, I mean, Chase you I think is a is a perfect way because you have all these guys who are literally signed from college. So it's like it would make sense for to put them into the fucking gimmick of being like a college student, <laughs> but then you could eventually just have them, you know, spin off and do their own thing after that. Speaking of which, what is this NIL initiative that they keep mentioning? Well, it's the WWE. Next, so it's next in line. It's it's the new thing um, that the, that college started because so many college athletes were one getting fucking like suspended and stuff like that for taking money for certain things but also it was a lot of like you have these people that like schools will use their likeness and sell their jerseys and stuff like that and they don't see a dime of that they don't see a dime of it yep yeah so then the new program the nil program which is not next in line it's that's what WWE calls it but it's some similar to that it allows them now where they can sign contracts and actually do certain things so you can have it where college, where athletes that are in college, like the Commander Twins, can sit there and continue on their scholarship with Miami. But now they're also getting paid by WWE to eventually become wrestlers if they wanted to. So nice. at that point, they are they are allowed to choose. Like if the WNBA wanted to draft them, they could turn around and say, "All right, well, peace out, WWE. We got drafted to the WNBA. We're going to play for them. We're going to make fucking thirty-seven dollars an hour while playing." And then you know. <laughs> Uh, but most likely what's going to happen is they're going to turn around and go, we're not going to declare it for the draft because we have these contracts with WWE. We're going to go train to be wrestlers kind of thing. And like I said, you're starting to see a lot of that where, you know, people are able to, to now sign contracts, even, even when that used to like be prohibited, like they would be fucking, like they would strip schools championships if they were paying students. Well, now the, uh, 
EA Sports is bringing back NCAA football. And in that game now, they are paying the people whose likenesses and stats and stuff that are being used in the game, which is something, which is why they had to shut it down for a while, for a couple of years, was because of the fact that they had that problem where Tim T was like, I'm on the fucking cover and I didn't see a fucking dime of that money from any of those. And games. they're like, actually, that's quarterback number one, no name. <laughs> Right. I know exactly. he looks like you, but you know, yeah. totally different guy. Yeah. So now <laughs> EA Sports is able to use actual people's names in the games because they're paying them and they can take that money and it's not against sensibility rules because this literally is the program that allows them to do that. So, but also, like I said, it's, it sets it up where they can, you know, sign for these contracts that when they're done with their, their schooling, they can immediately go into jobs and they can immediately go into, you know, like other, and other things, other than, you know, they're not getting drafted to a sports team. Or anything. Right. But you got some of them who are like, okay, I'm playing college basketball, but if I don't get drafted, am I going to be able to have, like, a contract with a fucking G League team or something like that? And they're allowed to do that now, so, yeah. Very nice. Um, at the end of NXT, after the Battle Royal... We got a little uh, backstage with Mr. Braun Breaker, who decided to challenge Seth for the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I thought Breaker's attention was on someone else, based on things that happened earlier in the night. But I uh, guess I guess Braun both. Breaker can do both. Can. Because the Seth thing will be a one-off appearance, uh, mm-hmm. and there'll be a way to. Um, Get maybe some more eyes on NXT, you know, which is always a good thing because Seth is a draw, and Seth gets to go and have some fucking fun. And then if they do mention it on the fucking uh, on Raw next week, that helps too because now people are going to be more familiar with Braun Breaker. Now they'll mention it. And I, they'll probably show highlights when he wins because it's just another successful World Heavyweight Title defense for Seth Rollins. He's doing something that's never been done before. He's taking the World Heavyweight title and defending it in NXT. Yep. Um, so I think it's good. I think it's good all around. Now, that being said, I do look forward to a Breaker versus Dragunov match. Is the, that should be fun. The, the, the Seth versus Braun match, is that on NXT or on Raw next week? He challenged him to come to NXT. Oh, okay. I, I must have mis- I misheard it. I thought, I thought he was answering Seth's open challenge for Raw. Okay. He said, why don't you come down here because you know how we do things down here. Okay. Yeah, so it was It was clearly, I'm sure Seth will defend the belt again on Monday and then defend it on Tuesday against Braun, just to sort of start racking up that, like, he's a fighting champion thing. Mm-hmm. As we went so long without there being a fighting champion. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Now we got to, <laughs> now instead of having a happy meeting, we'll just go the other way and, and have 16 title defenses in two months. But... At least with that, when you are doing things, it's against credible people. It's not like yes. an AEW open challenge where it's like, hey, uh, the guy in row 3CB is coming out to fucking challenge for Orange Cassidy's belt. You're like, okay, yeah, we know what's going to fucking happen there. You know okay. that Seth's not going to lose it, but it's much like the U.S. open challenge that John Cena used to do, where it's like, this is a way to fucking show off some guys, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, Damien Priest, I think that match helped him immensely. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that Braun versus Seth will help Braun 
look great too. And like you said, on Monday, Seth's going to come out and say tomorrow night on NXT. And right. Get all those, all those eyes on NXT. All those views. Yeah. Yeah. A, you know what? A world heavyweight title match on NXT probably going to peak. You know, going to get that number to spike up. I would. I would assume a pretty good jump if they promoted that. Even if it's not next week, even if they do it in two or three weeks. I know they were promoting the Great American Bash coming up soon. Well, and they get 610 viewers, uh, 610,000 viewers for this last NXT, so they're doing good. They're doing exactly right. Uh, they're exactly where, like, you, like, you'd want them to see, you know. And it is, you know, it has been a more popular show since they dropped the 2.0, and went back to, like, this sort of hybrid you know, uh, between uh, Clown Chiz and Black and Gold. <laughs> Speaking of the... Speaking of Clown Chiz. <laughs> well, that too. Um, Tony D'Angelo. He's he's behind bars. He's, he's in the slammer. Uh, already years, or, or not years, but but weeks longer than Dominic ever was. Well, maybe call Dominic and ask him how he survived. That segment with uh, Stax coming to visit him in prison was interesting um, because at the end, D'Angelo was like, you're the underboss, figure it out. So I'm assuming... Uh, Stax gets some help, but does he does he get some help for a one-off, or does he like bring new people into the family, and we actually get like a faction instead of a tag team? Well, something had to happen with this because obviously once Cole Carter got uh, popped for drugs, they had to do something, you know, and they they lost a little bit of steam with with that because it was supposed to be a three-man faction, and there's a very niche faction to be a part of. I mean, it's it's the new FBI, so you don't really have a lot of Italian workers just kind of kicking around down there. And I thought, well, maybe Ariana Grace, but then she got hurt. So it's like, well, now you can't fucking add her to the to the family, even though she is an Italian worker. So, but I could see them turning around and getting somebody. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be an Italian, obviously, but. I feel like that would kind of fit it. Or this is the way that you turn around and you break up the family and you have Stacks turn on, on D'Angelo. But something had to happen because this was running out of steam. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, you'll get no argument from me on that. A family with two people is not a family. It's not even right. a faction. Um, I think there are a, a few guys you could bring in and, and they could fit right in. Somebody like Dijak, who's already had interactions with D'Angelo, would be fun. Um, not that I want Dijak to go back to being just another muscle in the group, but if the shoe fits. Um, there's other people, too, that you could you could enlist, but uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Boss, you're never going to guess. I looked into it, and it was me. Is, is Dijak Italian? No, I was saying it was no. stacks. No, no, I know. I was, I was oh. at, talking to Sal about. No, 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 no. No, I believe he's. I believe he's Yugoslavian. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's gonna. That's a joke. That's gonna pop exactly two people. Yep, me and Jason. <laughs> okay, three people. Uh, so, 
No, but he's he's had interaction with the D'Angelo family and his whole like you know leather jacket terminated thing. He, that could work. It's like an enforcer. Or they'll just call him Dijakio. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy, Dijakio. How you doing, buddy? How's your mother? So uh, Corbin showed up and talked yeah. and talked and talked again. I am an unabashed Corbin liker. So, I I enjoy him down see I think that's fun. I think having Mustafa Ali down there is fun. Um, because I found it very interesting that in the match against Trick Williams, he was wearing like a tank top, gym shorts, and sneakers, and that was it. It was different, yeah. Yeah. I was like, somebody didn't bring their gear, but yeah, then I no, thought, what is Corbin's gear? No knee pads. I mean, Corbin's normal gear is just Pants normally. Some the weird thing shirt, is, though. he he brought it up on NXT too. He's like, I'm gonna be on SmackDown this week when I take on. Um, I think he's taking on. Um, fucking to the moon. What's his fucking name? Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. I think they're doing that match on on Friday. Yeah, he's gonna lose. <laughs> um, he already lost to Cameron Grimes on record time, so he's gonna lose it's, again. It's. <laughs> It's interesting though. Are they gonna have him be on both shows for the foreseeable future and do like two separate feuds? That was the whole. So that's the whole point of the Sprager thing. Apparently, it was uh, Triple H to try to get rid of the negative connotations of that, of like the whole wild card thing. It's like you make them free agents, but you make it so that they are showing up on like almost every show, and you know, just you know, that is obviously helping Ali. It's mm-hmm. helping Corbin. Uh, it doesn't do much for Brock because Brock is Brock. It's not going to show up in NXT. It doesn't do anything for Dana Brooke either. But, you know, they tried. <laughs> but, yeah, like they tried. And, and, again, it was, you know, it was at least something. They are utilizing the talent. It's not just that uh, – I, I know both of us had talked about making them free agents. It's just like, oh, you just have no fucking plan for them. But it looks like they apparently do have some plan for them. It's to – Use them and get them, you know, more recognizable and more airtime. So, yeah, most of the TV time Ali's gotten in months. So, yeah, and it's not, and we're not going to be going back to Saudi Arabia for a while. So it's literally, you can't even blame it on that. Like they're trying to do something with him. So, mm-hmm. and uh, Corbin is, he's the, he's a tall Dolph Ziggler. He's just a guy out there that's going to put people over, you know? Sure. I look forward to dragging off beating the fuck out of him. Yeah. Actually, that's next week. So, there we go. He will. Cameron Grimes will fucking cave in his chest. And then, yeah, then dragging off will fucking break his arms off. <laughs> and then beat him with him. Uh, what else we got here? Do us some more. <laughs> Guarantee you Reggie's on his list. <sighs> <laughs> Let me read you. Let me, let me read you verbatim two notes from my NXT watching this week. Uh, first note, I certainly have no issues with Dabakato beating the ever-living fuck out of Reggie. Next note, oh, fuck you. Yep. Um, what? Going back to SmackDown for a moment, what did y'all think of that uh, vignette for the Unholy Union? Oh, um, I liked it. I actually thought it was a wide family vignette at first. <laughs> A lot of the same imagery. 
But um, uh, first of all, I like the name because they didn't really have a name in NXT. <laughs> they were just Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. So I like that they have a name, and it seems dark as fuck, so I'm into it. So... <laughs> So I, I, I don't want it to get too spoopy. Like, I don't want, like, you know, we, we did get a little bit of that NXT with, like, refs, like, coughing up blood and, like, or black ooze or whatever the fuck. Like, let's let's kind of stay away from that. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you guys had, had mentioned uh, Noam Dar and his menagerie. Uh, mm. they, they are now referred, referred to as the Metaphor. M-E-T-A-F-O-U-R. The metaphor. I actually like that. That's not bad. And uh, you, you had asked what Oromenso and, and we're doing together. Got those. Ah! I think they had a match. and oh, Yes, they did. They had a match, and Oromenso lost, and then was suddenly on his side. Oh. That was all we had. So, I mean, they're, they're both NXT UK guys. But mm. even when they were NXT UK guys, they didn't really interact they much. They didn't really mm. interact, right. So was, yeah, Ormenta was in the tag team, the greatest under the sun. And Aramdar was doing his thing with the Heritage Cup. So, yeah, I guess it was just a case of like, well, we don't get anything for fucking Aramdar to do. But he, he is kind of a rave guy, and Aramdar definitely looks like a guy who drops acid, so... Speaking of which, oh yay, another Heritage Cup match next week. (laughs) Now, um, who's the opponent? I forget. It's not Dragon Lee. It's, um. I don't remember because I don't fucking care. Is it Nathan Frazier? I have no idea. I don't remember either. Not a clue because I don't fucking care because it's going to be awful. So they're going to put, they're going to put, a Heritage Cup match on TV. How many of those rounds get put into box and box on, on during the commercial break? <laughs> Not enough of them. Um, hey, maybe maybe on TV it actually will play out better because you don't have to see like the boring parts of the match. Maybe it is Nathan, it is Nathan Frazier, by the way. Because <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. So. Uh, I like the character work they're doing with Dar. I like Noam Dar in general. I've always liked yeah. Noam Dar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you knew that if he was going to start carrying this fucking cup around, they were going to defend it. So maybe maybe it puts um, more eyes on the product over in the UK. Would be interesting to see the statistics. Like, did the UK viewers increase when they put on? British rounds matches, or are they, they like, what is this shit? <laughs> I, I doubt it, but they need to just have him face Wesley and have him lose and combine the championships. Mm-hmm. Mm, that would be fun. Because that's the only one that's kicking around now. And all the rest do the another NXT fucking UK rounds stuff. match ever again. Yeah. All the rest of the NXT UK titles have been rolled into the regular NXT titles. So that, that's right. that last one that's kicking around is the fucking Heritage Cup, the worst of them. Yeah, seriously. Uh, speaking of the worst, what did I say last week, Sal? We were talking about Imperium. The German joke. Uh, <laughs> what did you say the, last week? The worst. We the have worst. the worst. Uh, regarding <laughs> a, cer- please, please regarding a certain segment on NXT. 
and a certain slope-headed fuckwad. Oh, what did I say last week? Braun, if they put uh, Braun Breaker, if they put Braun Wagner in a uh, segment, I said I don't want to fucking see any Von Wagner therapy sessions. Yes, we technically yeah. didn't. No, we got fucking <laughs> porno music. Yes, because Braun, because Von Wagner is gonna slope fuck that chick. That fuck that sake. woman. That woman is a like fucking judo champion. Is she? Yes. No, she's a therapist. And she was reduced to being the chick that's gonna get plowed by the big fucking Cro Magnum guy. Yeah, okay. She's gonna get that plowed means... by his fucking plow forehead. Yeah. Okay. First of all, we've seen lots and lots of people who break into the business who have these little bit roles in, in WWE lore. Let's not forget Tommaso Ciampa was the Undertaker's lawyer. Well, sure. But um, the hokey and campiness of this, uh, for lack of a better term, dumb and dumber saga with with Von Wagner and Robert and, Stone. and Robert Stone. Oh my God! Like, no, I'm not going to talk to a therapist. There's nothing you can say. I'm not talking to a therapist. Hot girl walks out. All right, maybe I'll talk to her. And then he does the wink. <laughs> The wink. He gave the wink at the end of this, uh, the end of the fucking segment. I was like, oh. no, you stay here. I'm on fucker by myself. By the way, did you know Chelsea Green still has the Robert Stone logo on her Titan Tron? Thought you were gonna say on her ass, but I was gonna be like, whoa. <laughs> sure that Macaroni would have something to say about that, right? Uh, no, I did not know it was still on her Titan Tron. So Robert Stone to the main roster confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that must just be hard coded in because otherwise it'd be pretty easy to just fucking remove that layer. But either that or it's one of those things where she's requested like five times for them to take it out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's what we were supposed to do in editing." Next week, that <laughs> it was really sexy. What was that? What was that thing you said earlier, Troy? I'm not. I'm not one to to cheer for someone losing their job, but yeah, Von Wagner can get the fuck off my TV anytime he wants to. What would his father say about that, Adam? He'd probably say, "Do you remember me?" <laughs> nope. Actually, that's exactly what Von Wagner said. Well, Wagner said he said, "What would my father say if he saw this?" Like, like you're doing more important than I ever was. Do you remember me, one of the brothers, Beverly? <laughs> uh, two more small notes. Um, first off, I'm glad Blair Davenport is back. Oh, yeah. Even if Booker T doesn't know who she is. <laughs> Booker T um, doesn't know a lot of people, yeah. especially those on NXT. You just had to fake it. Nope, couldn't even do that. Like, He's... when... There was something stu- something stupid he said this week, and I didn't even write it down just because it's so par for the course at this point. Mm-hmm. Seriously, as as an announcer, so let's say you don't know Blair Davenport, that's fine. I understand that. When your your uh, co-announcer says, "Oh my God, that's Blair Davenport, Booker, we haven't seen her forever," your response should be, "Blair's gonna come here and she's gonna make it like anything other anything. than just silence." Anything. Like, he, he, he gave you the name. He told you that she's debuting because we haven't seen her in a while. 
He set up everything nicely for you, and you went. Even <laughs> if the name went right over your head because it's live TV and you're going too fast, even if it's just like, oh, my God, the NXT attacker has revealed herself, that's something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, yeah, all you have to do is just be like, Roxanne, better get the fuck out of there. Like something, right? dude. Like you, you can't just you can't just be silent. And then to the point where Vic Joseph has to go. What do you think, book? And we yeah. still get. And he goes. Yeah. That's how oh, shitty of an announcer you are. Because any other announcer in WWE would have picked that right up, even if they don't know who the fuck that is. They would have picked it right up and been like, "This changes everything, man." That's all you gotta do. Yeah, say something, because guess what? We know it here during the show. Dead air sucks. And you sound like a fuck. You sound worse with the fact that Vic is just like, Booker T, what do you think of Blair Davenport, former NXT UK superstar, now showing up here and attacking Roxanne Perez when we haven't seen her in 1,372 days? <laughs> uh, chunky, chunky, quick, quick. Come on, dude. Give us something, man. Uh, moron, dude. That's the guy too. I'll, I'll add him to. We'll add him to everyone's list of. He needs to fucking go. Uh-huh. And he doesn't need this job. He's got plenty of fucking money. He's got all types of other endeavors, like his, his, like podcast. his uh, podcast, his, his wrestling right school, his wrestling promotion. Like yeah. he's got all types of stuff. He doesn't need to be the NXT commentator. I understand Pat McAfee left the void, but that doesn't mean we need to fill it with Booker T. Well, because McAfee was on SmackDown, so they brought Wade up. You know what I mean. Byron, um, just put Byron back. Byron would be so much better at this point. All he's doing is, I think he's on main event, maybe. No, no, he's doing backstage on Raw. Oh, backstage around. Yeah, yeah. He's not fucking doing anything important. Just put him there instead. Nobody's gonna notice. They're just still gonna be like, oh, it's a black guy commentary. Cool. Oh, but we got a hair haircut. That's cool. Uh, my last note, speaking of names. It's about the creeds, speaking about Ivy Nile. No. Uh, no. So on on, uh, on Miz TV, uh, Cody goes, well, Mike. <laughs> and Miz says, in this ring, my name is the Miz. First name, the last name, Miz. At which point I wanted Cody to then go, all right, well, the. <laughs> and that made me sad. Yeah, but the crowd was like, Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> and then we get another Tiny Balls joke. Yay! But the way Cody said it was kind of funny. <laughs> I forget what exact the, the exact verbiage he used, but he was something. He said something about um, Tiny Balls, and he was like, you know about that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's uh the Creed Brothers. It, Brutus is the, the, the larger, shorter one, right? Not the yeah. shorter one. Wait, Brutus Julius is of... Julius is the tall one that throws all the belly-to-belly suplexes. Yeah, he's the so, tall yeah, one with so dark hair. Brutus, Brutus is, is the Otis. <laughs> Brutus. I want to look it up because I don't want to fuck it up. Did, um... Yeah, but I can't trust anything else. Did Ava Rain... Oh, fuck off. Did Ava Rain actually do an offensive maneuver during the match? Because I could have sworn that she didn't really actually wrestle. Okay, Brutus Creed should not 
in any circumstances, be able to throw a fucking standing moonsault. Gosh. And yet, I'm sure, despite not having watched AEW for at least four months at this point, that uh, Red Velvet still has not hit one correctly. No. Those those two are such amazing freaks of nature. It's nuts. I don't, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Julius Creed was doing uh, like a was on a on a bench laying down, and he was fucking lifting weights with one hand. And Ivy Nile came over here, and he grabbed her by the leg and lifted her with one arm up and fucking benched her. It's ridiculous. It's like the both of them. Ridiculous. Yeah. It is fucking insane how good they are. And the I it sucks that, you know, that whole faction has been kinda cursed and how everyone keeps getting fucking fired from it. But they need to do something with the with the Creed brothers and Ivy Nile because those those three are all phenomenal. Specifically the Creed brothers should be once they figure out this tag team situation, should be going for a tag team championship on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're that good. I don't think they should be going for the tag titles on NXT because at this point they've had a couple of title shots since yeah. they were champs, and then they just—it's been fine. But now you move past it. Now, now you need to come up to Raw or SmackDown. Oh, I forgot to mention, and I did want to mention mention this this week. This is a fucking huge point because. The women's tag division, just by the presentation of, of Casey, I'm sorry, Katana and Kaden, uh-huh. and, and them talking up Ronda and Shayna, like, it already feels like they're putting more effort to it than they have in years. Well, and, and, uh, Alba and Isla Vanel. Yeah. You know, them I'm, having a vignette too is like, okay, we are building up this division again. We're actually building a division and I'm real, I'm there for it. Now, if, uh, Anybody that tags with Raquel could stop getting hurt. Then maybe we could have a couple more. <laughs> but that being yeah. said, Raquel doesn't need a tag team partner. She can be a fine single star. There's no need to force her in a tag team. Right, and she should be. But I like the the Sonia and the only tag team partner she needs is her back. Yep. But uh, the the Karens I think is a great group and they're a lot of fun. Um, now that um, Cassie Lee is training again. Maybe we could see the Iconics come back. I'd love it. I'd be down for it. Because mm-hmm. I know that there was talk of re-signing them before uh, before Casey got pregnant. Cassie got uh, cream pie. But yeah, so maybe we could see that. But yeah, I think that we are definitely looking at them trying to re-establish the division. Remember when they had a podcast? Yeah. And then it just suddenly just stopped Existing. Yeah, there's, it's funny. A lot of podcasts do that. As uh, Renee Paquette's done doing her podcast, you know. You know who's outlasted all of those podcasts? Dax has gone to. Us? Yeah. <laughs> Us. Yeah. That's yeah. right. You know, you know who has a fraction of their listenership? Us. <laughs> Don't matter. <laughs> but no, yeah, we're still here. So we're dead. <laughs> Don't forget, you're here forever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, non-pay-per-view week for once. I know. We, right? we didn't have to predict and or discuss predictions for the first time in like weeks. Oh, but hey, on that note, Troy, since you weren't here last week, any 
overall thoughts on uh, Battleground or uh, Night of Champions or, God forbid, Double or Nothing? Um, I thought Night of Champions was great. Um, I thought that uh, I agreed with, with a lot of what you said, uh, both of you, in terms of the Saudi shows actually being important now and not just, you know, random matches where you knew the, the outcome of it because even though there was a couple of them, obviously nobody thought Mustafali was going to win it, there was still that little bit of doubt in the back of your head where you're like, maybe? And then obviously with the Roman and Solo, you're like, Maybe. Oh, there was more than a little doubt for that. Yeah, one. it was. Yeah, I think it was a fifty-fifty split on the vote. Yeah, so I thought that was really good. Um, Battleground. It could have been a little better. Um, while I do think that, obviously the the he's amazing as always. The the undercard on that was probably not as strong as it, it has been in the past, but it was still a fine show. Double or nothing. Uh, there was there were a few matches that I think really uh, stood out and were really good. I I was never I never a big fan of the four pillars match in the first place, but not putting that on last just made it even more apparent that they really don't fucking care about these four pillars guys. And uh, I don't think that helped MJF anymore either because his title reign so far has been so lackluster. But uh, Anarchy in the Arena, I didn't think it was a five-star match, but it was, you know, stupid fun for a little bit. And then it just got stupid. But, yeah. But overall, I, the quality of AEW pay-per-views has been on somewhat of a steady decline when normally they go so all out for the pay-per-views. So it's been kind of a bummer on that aspect of it. But, yeah. Again, I don't need to see fucking Jeff Jarrett on every pay-per-view. That's definitely something I don't need to see. I don't see fucking Matt Hardy. It didn't no, always... He definitely botched that uh, Whisper in the Wind on purpose. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it annoys me that AW continues to be able to cool people off faster than anybody can in the business because fucking acclaimed were just losers in a trios match that wasn't even announced. Until they get the day of. Mm-hmm. Like that, that annoys the piss out of me. The fucking gun club was just thrown into a fucking random match when they were the former champions. Like, yeah. That's the kind of shit that annoys the piss out of me where it's like, you, so you, you took these title belts off of the guns, put them on the FTR, and then their first title defense is against fucking Jeff Jarrett. Like, no. So speaking of AEW cooling somebody off and simultaneously speaking of uh, 50-year-old wrestlers from the Attitude Hour on my TV, last week on Dynamite, I found out that um, Anthony Bowen said in an interview during Dynamite that Billy Gunn deserves a final title reign. Yeah, he did. And I was like, ugh. If they're the ones that take the belts off the House of Black, just the fact that Billy Gunn is part of it, I will despise it. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing against Billy, but come on, bro. You were good 30 years ago. Outside like, of yeah, outside of Jeff Jarrett and Sting, legends in AEW are treated like shit. Or complete afterthoughts. And in WWE, like Trish Stratus is having a very important run. You no, 
Edge has had very important segments and a very important run. So the fact that like Sting continues to just be no selling moves and is just fucking there every once in a while and never loses. You got Jeff Jarrett who loses all the time, but is like always in the fucking title picture somehow. He's always on TV. Like, I had enough. I spent fucking 10 years watching a company for other wrestlers and I had to deal with Jeff Jarrett all over that TV. Never did I think I'd have to deal with him again 15 years later. Well, Uh, um, here's the thing. You don't have to. Just don't watch like I don't. I watch it for the <laughs> show. Then like, uh, some knowledge of what I'm talking about. So the the other thing too is, if AW really wants to have a different look than WWE, look uh, venues like ECW used to, mm-hmm. very intimate, you know, smaller venues but packed seats because you're not getting packed seats right now. You you literally fucking tarped off 5,000 seats tonight and you still couldn't sell a thousand more tickets to fill up the seats that you actually had available for sale. Like, stop booking these venues like this because, one, the acoustics don't sound as good because of the fact that it is, there is so much space between people and it's so empty. And also, like, you're going to keep getting fucking dragged online for the fact that you can't sell all these shows. So move to smaller venues and it's going to make your presentation look different from WWE. And I'm, I would be much more impressed with a fucking... That's why, why the NXT crowd is, is as fun as it is so many times. Because it's a smaller group, but they're fucking rabid. So you get these rabid fans, and you fucking pack them all in together. And that's how ECW was so good before. Mm-hmm. You people fucking throwing each other out, out of their seats because there wasn't enough room in there. Like, that's the kind of shit that you should be doing. Not this, like... And, and I get it. It's cool that you, you know, sold like 67,000 tickets or whatever like that to Wembley. That's all fine and dandy, but you can only do that outside of the United States. Because the U.S. crowd doesn't fucking care anymore to come to your shows. And even the Canadian crowd is, has not followed suit, which has typically been strong for AEW. They're having problems now selling any of the other Collison shows that they're doing up there. So you need to fucking change your ways because this isn't working and it's just going to make you look fucking worse and worse. Plus, you're spending a lot more on going to those venues and not getting the return on investment in the, in the ticket sales. Exactly. Okay. So, To your yep. point, the acoustics in a place like the Hammerstein, so much better for a show like AEW. Exactly. When you have all the crowd fucking chanting, you know, eat my ass and shit like that. <laughs> like, like that fucking round, and it sounds fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Instead, the fucking half-empty arena that are like doing little chants that aren't picking up because it's not enough fucking people to do them, and it just—that's why they have to fucking pipe in the crowd noise, which they their stands will say they don't do, but they clearly fucking do. Because it sounds way different when people are singing along to Jericho's music than when when they're just fucking chanting things. But yeah, I. Like I said, you got to do something different on that because the, this whole, like, they, they clearly think they're more important and bigger than they actually are. And this is the, the reason why TNA started having problems. Because they were doing the same kind of shit. They're trying to fill fucking bigger arenas and stuff like that once they went on the road and they left Orlando. 
It's like, no, you should have fucking stayed there because that's what made you unique, you know? That six-sided ring. Then, of course, you just fucking flushed all that shit away, and people were like, oh, so you're just another wrestling company. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Thanks, Hogan. To, yeah, they they need to, to fix their arena situation. Um, don't go back to places that you can see a trend. I don't give a fuck what happened four years ago. Four years ago was four years ago. You went to Vegas this time, and it was atrocious. The crowd was half empty. They were 100% bored. Like, I've never seen a quiet crowd at an AEW pay-per-view. This was a quiet crowd for double nothing. And WWE does the same things, where they keep going back to some of these venues where the crowds are fucking dead the entire time. And And then they have to pump in their crowd noise, too, and you're just like, stop going to them. I wouldn't bother going to places like that anymore. If they're going to give me a reaction like that on a Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, fuck it, we'll go somewhere else. Because you can you can do a show in Milwaukee or Green Bay uh, in, in my neck of the woods, and the crowd is hopping. You know, they're fucking cheering, they're having a lot of fun. Then you go to these places like fucking Ohio, and they just they don't care, and they just like stay quiet, and they don't do what you're supposed to do. It's like, stop fucking booking them then. Or, or go to a to a different location within that city, and try to see if maybe that is is the deal. You know, go to maybe a smaller venue or something like that, and see how that goes. It's like reliance on going back to the same places over and over again when the crowd isn't there. It's why ticket sales are down. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, mix it up. Even if you're go- even if you're gonna go to a place like Georgia, don't go to Atlanta because that crowd is fucking dead. Go to Savannah. Go some other places near the friggin' Tennessee border. Like, mix it up. Go to venues you haven't gone to. God, I swear to God, if they go to Barclays one more time. Like, I'm so sick of that arena, and that arena's only been popular for them for the past ten years. Yeah, that's all right for the week. Well, SmackDown's in MSG on my birthday, and the main event is a match for the Raw World Heavyweight Championship. That's the dark main event. I know, but it's still stupid. I'm sorry, Troy. It's stupid. <laughs> well, MSG is another one of those ones where it's like at, at, it used to be more important and bigger, and then now when they go there, it's just like it's just not a crowd. I They're heard really not only have they lost all the magic that MSG used to give them, but I heard it actually cost them a shit ton more money. To, to run their equipment into MSG. Probably. Because the way the setup is, and obviously New York City is congested as fuck, it just takes them yeah. longer, and they have to hire more production people. And Yeah. I don't think it's worth the hassle for, for the return on investment that you get, because you're not really getting that. Look at that. What You do That's one show in San base. Juan. You do one show in San Juan, and it's fucking gangbusters. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you if they did a tour around... Um, Around Canada or even around uh, the Caribbean, they fucking they sell them out every night. Yeah, yeah. If they if they did more of a, a South American tour, you'd have a lot of fucking people show up to those shows. Because mm-hmm. every every time that they they you know go over to the UK, they sell out those shows all the time. You know? And those crowds are hopping. Yeah. Do a fucking show in Japan. Do a fucking show in China. I wish they would do a show. I, I don't know if in New Japan that's a deal, but I wish 
the WWE would do a show at the Tokyo Dome just so <laughs> you can hear that, like, oh, my God, the WWE was at the Tokyo Dome, and there was 40,000 people who were screaming for Roman Reigns. Like, that would be great. Right. Anywho. Anywho. That being said, I expect uh, Money in the Bank to be super loud. That's all I got. England, yeah. Um, A note on the... Remember when the Saudi shows didn't mean anything. I saw a meme earlier today, I think. Yeah, it it wasn't yesterday. It was today. It it said, we're all talking about Roman Reigns' uh, 1,000-day championship reign when nobody's mentioning this guy's 1868 day championship reign it's a picture of braun Strowman holding up that green title belt that he inserted <laughs> from the greatest royal rumble oh boy yeah that that poor guy he, he had neck fusion surgery and recently said that 15 percent of his leg is paralyzed <gasps> so he's not doing Holy great shit that's fucking crazy yeah uh, one was thing. it a freak thing, or did he have like neck problems for like a long time? He's a big guy and yeah. bumps stuff like that, so I think it's, it's that. Plus, he was a bodybuilder for a while too, and that that mm-hmm. makes money. So, no, it sounds like it was just you know culmination, you know culmination of things, which is probably why they've been putting him in the tag team lately. Mm. Give his body a little bit of a rest. Mm. Uh, completely off topic. Before we go, we didn't uh, we didn't do a what are you watching earlier, and I have something to mention. Oh, um, I actually just uh, it, it aired I think last week, but I just watched it tonight before we did this. The the thirty for thirty on American Gladiators. Interesting. It <laughs> nice. was it was really interesting. Uh, it's it, it's a two part thing. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't get to watch part two yet because it didn't record correctly. Uh, because the, the listing, uh, on the, 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 the guide said, that said was part two wasn't, um, so much so that when it showed up in my DVR, it showed up as to, uh, the title was to be announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully the, the, the rerun of it, I think on Sunday morning at like 5 a.m. on ESPN2, I hope that re, records correctly for part two because i don't want to have to pay like three bucks to watch it on demand but um part one was was quite interesting so the espn 30 for 30 on american gladiators uh i i I recommend it if you were a fan of that show as i was back in the day uh i used to watch it constantly on on usa network especially during like summer vacation because it was on at like 11 in the morning you can get the hulu uh, disney Plus and uh, ESPN Plus all in bundle. Hmm. I, so I'm sure That's I, what I have too. Yeah. Um, I think I think the the app Pluto TV, mm-hmm. um, I think has an American Gladiators channel, and I really want to really want to check it out. Um, they also, they have a the, the, the channel. So. <laughs> they do. It's great. They have a Rift Tracks channel too. Um, the so the American so many random channels. The American also the American Gladiators Sega Genesis game was fucking awesome, but uh, <laughs> nice. Anyway, I recommend that. That is my recommend this week. Is watch the the thirty for thirty. It's literally called American Gladiators documentary. Uh, but it's really gotcha. good. It's really good. Uh, nice. Anyway, anything else, gentlemen? No. I'm good. <laughs> 
All right. And, uh, I'll say thank you, Sal. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Troy. Thanks, man. And thank you, Trish. We need somebody to send us home after that. I don't know. I think that's it. But, uh, well, I guess that means that we'll slap your ass raw next time. <laughs> smack. <laughs> no, I don't do. No, I don't. Do smack. smack in it. That's the whole point of it. You know. Smack you know. Friday. Friday night slap down. You know. <laughs> All right. Well. Bye bye. Bye bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>